Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. So, Ashley, for any time-traveling character, a character like Kang the Conqueror, a comic book time-traveler character that can insert himself into any point at continuity, do you think this creates better opportunities for good stories or worse opportunities for good stories? Because uh, I'm just going to let the listeners, you know, we're here to talk about all the Kang the Conqueror stuff, but man, we are going to be like going backwards and forwards on a timeline like a roller coaster. Okay, I'm ready to like um, throw some heat on the shrimps on the bar. Hot take. I have a hot hot take. In the opening minute of the podcast, (laughs) I'm looking forward to this. You can find me on Twitter at Ashley V. Robinson. We're not Uh, not to the plugs yet. My my hot take is um, it creates worse stories. And the reason I say that is because it's like when you're in school and you get your final big assignment and the final big assignment is do whatever you want. Just represent the material creatively. That's not helpful. Uh, It's more helpful to have structure and limitations and rules uh, than it is sometimes to have too much freedom, particularly as a creative and as a storyteller. Um, And I will say, I think we might get into this as the lesson progresses. This is a fault of several Marvel characters with cosmic-y slash magic-y powers. Ah, so you heard it here first, everybody. Kang the Conqueror from Marvel Comics is like that terrible assignment you got in 10th grade English. And that's a perfect place to start this (laughs) lesson. Hello and welcome to Geek History Lesson, everybody. I am Jason Blueface Inman. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson. Welcome to your Mind University because you have stumbled onto the podcast where we take one character, construct, or Jonathan Major's character from popular culture and teach you everything you need to know about it in about an hour. And this week, Professor Jason is being very brave after teaching Monel and then going to try to teach us about Kang. Well, we're going to talk about the Marvel Comics character Kang the Conqueror because he, of course, is showing up in the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Quantumania, of course, but Quantumania. Quantumania. Uh, at the time of this recording, we have not seen this movie, so don't worry. There won't be any spoilers, but this should be a pretty good uh, refresher, or not even, or primer, or primer for uh, your Kong talk as you uh, walk in to watch Kong in Quantumania and watch Quantumania. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, just FYI, we're not covering everything in his history because it's impossible, so keep those comments to yourself. And just what we think is important, what we think will be a good refresher for the movie. This was requested by two listeners of ours. Uh, Ashley, where can they request future lessons like Kong the Conqueror? The best place to request things <laughs> like Shang-Chi or Kang uh, <laughs> or Aang the Avatar. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm Night Shyamalan. I'm dying on that hill. Um, is to come to our our social media platform 
platform, specifically on Twitter at GHL Podcast. That is the easiest place for us to uh, call your suggestions from. This was requested by at Dyblish16 and at Black Cape Comics. And also just to let you know, we had this, uh, thank God, we had some heavy lifting on this one with some additional research and writing by our great GHL research assistant, Diego Nunez. Woo! Uh, we need a, I'm just throwing it out to the listeners. We need uh, a sound effect. We need Diego. a sound effect for Diego. Yeah, I think we do. I think like a, a crack of lightning bolt. Like, yeah, like yeah. he has arrived. Uh, also, we will have a special discussion with DJ Woolridge of the Only Stupid Answers podcast later in this episode. So stay tuned for that. But also, don't worry, my babies. It's time to start the Ken- the Kong, the Conqueror podcast. I won't do that the entire podcast. It'll be impossible. <laughs> but it's time to start the Tencent origin. What is that, Ashley? That is the first part of the podcast where Jason is going to lay down all of the who's it's and what's it's galore for when you go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania very shortly. Maybe you're going to a great hang before that. Maybe you're meeting up early at the movie theater. Maybe you're chatting with your friends in your car about it after. You will know more than everybody because you listen to this podcast. Kang is a Marvel Comics character. His first appearance was as Rama Tut in Fantastic Four number 19 in October of 1963. Cool, I'm already confused. 1963, Uh, by the way, great year for pop culture, especially great year for comics. He first appeared as Kang in the Avengers number eight in September of 1964, a year later. Oh, wow. So he was confusing from the jump. Oh, buckle up. Uh, it might have something to do. Might, might, might have something to do with uh, these characters being completely unrelated. And, yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> and then Stanley was like, what if they're the same character? We'll get to that. Uh, they, they, of course, were created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Their alter ego is Nathaniel Richards. Their species is human. Their place of origin is is Other Earth of the 31st century. We will get to that. Their team inflations are the Council of Kangs, the Cross-Time Kangs. Their notable... Cross-Time Kangs, that's fun. Their notable aliases have been Iron Lad. And I'm only going to read these. Kang has a lot of aliases. Mm -hmm. And we're going to kind of get into that. Iron Lad is the best one. Iron Lad, Ramatut, Victor Timely, Scarlet Centurion, Immortus, King the Conglomerator, and Mr. Griffin. That's not a word. (laughs) Yep. His abilities are he has a genius level intellect. He is a skilled tactician within a hand-to-hand combatant. He has access to advanced technology. He is a highly advanced battle armor that grants enhanced strength, speed, stamina, and durability. He can time travel, energy, hologram, and he has the ability to control other forms of of technology, but it should be noted that Kang is basically a human, kind of similar to Dr. Doom. He is just a human Mm. and all of his abilities come from his technology Mm. and his suit. He's uh, a lot like Iron Man in that way as well. Bingo and yeah, Doctor Doom. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so he is not super. Like again, future. He's m- not super. Yes, future <laughs> movies could change that, and probably will change, and probably that. will. Yeah. But it is, it is his futuristic technology that makes him appear superhuman. Mm. So, all right. Before we get to this meet cute of Kong the Conqueror, I want to make sure that you have meted and cuted my superhero. Maddie Moore and Captain Terrific in my comic book series, Super Best Friend. It is right now on Kickstarter at superbestfriendcomic.com because I'm crowdfunding a campaign for Super Best Friend issues one through three. The entire series is available. Here's the synopsis, my friends. Maddie Moore is the best friend of the world's greatest superhero, Captain Terrific. But one day, he accidentally live streams his best friend's secret identity 
to the entire world. And to repair this mistake, he might have to delete his YouTube channel to save the world. It's a modernized Silver Age tale about superhero fandom and friendship we have a variant cover by phil hester for issue three we also have a variant cover by dan jorgens of the death of superman for issue two and we have one coming from myself if we reach the next stretch goal you can also pick up zoom calls or even script reviews while we review a script and give you notes straight from my brain go to superbestfriendcomic.com by february 22nd to pick up this exclusive comic that's superbestfriendcomic.com come check it out lots of the super friends have and this uh, series will never be available as it is ever again so if you've been sitting out there listening to geek history lesson you like super best friend come on over and it is super it has a super person in it unlike kang that's right let's get to the meet cute ashley what is that that is the second part of the podcast a term we took from romantic comedy writing where we talked about how we meeted these characters and how cute it was jason how did you first meet Kong the Conqueror? Well, we first have to talk about our research assistant, Diego. Ah, sorry, who, Diego. <laughs> and I love Diego's explanation. He wrote in the notes here, I'm actually not familiar with this character. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, fine. Uh, also, sorry to do this yep. to you, bud. <laughs> yep. Now he, you're intimately familiar. Oh, yeah. He was like, I'd always heard the name, but never knew anything about him until I had to do research for this lesson. <laughs> so first off, I want to apologize to Diego for forcing him to have to do this. Um, and and, um, that is also Diego's a very polite, very nice man, and that is a very Diego response. I also, I also want to say, and and because of this, uh, you know, Diego usually sends us a lot of research notes for this, which were, yeah. which were always, always amazing and super helpful. And for this one, <laughs> first time ever, yeah, and not because he did a bad job at all, because he did, he always does a fantastic yeah, yeah, job. Yeah. I had to ask him for a rewrite. Yeah, yeah. Simply because I was confused. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, I had to ask him to be like, can you clarify this a bit more? So listeners, if you are not confused by the end of this episode, we haven't done our jobs. Right? I almost can guarantee you will be confused by the oh, end of this, this episode. Fun. This is like when I teach you anime episodes. So. Uh, so actually, before I reveal mine, I want to reveal, uh, I want to reveal your, your yourself. Cute. What's your um, meat cute for Kang the Conqueror? It's really easy. Um, it's really boring. Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Uh, no, not Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Uh, Young Avengers. Oh, when, that's right. Uh, I've told the story here multiple times about Jason. Uh, I read... You read on your Avengers because I suggested it to you. You gave me yeah. access when we first met. Uh, you gave me access to your Comicsology account, which mm -hmm. had a lot of cool comics on it that I'd never read. And you said you should read New Avengers. Mm -hmm. And I read New Avengers and I really liked it. And you said, then you're going to love Young, Young Avengers. Avengers. And you put uh, Volume 1 and Children's Crusade into my hands. Mm -hmm. And I really loved Iron Lad. And you were like, Iron Lad is Kang. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, uh, you'll probably be fine. <laughs> which is true. To enjoy Young Avengers, you don't really have to know who Kang is because Iron yeah. Lad is like a fully fleshed out character himself and then he tried to explain this to me later and i was like cool i'm just gonna be like he's a bad guy mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was where i first encountered kang. i i can't tell you if i've ever read a story that kang has been a huge mm -hmm. part of so this is gonna be um a, as alerting experience for me as much as it is for every listener here nice. so there you nice. go. Thank you, Jason, for teaching me uh, who Kang was and then teaching Thanks. me again. Thanks, past. Okay. It's like a time travel adventure right now. Whoa. Past me affected future you that affected past me that's now affecting future me. Wow. Yeah. Confused yet? You will be. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, that's let's, a guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> JHL Sam approval. You will be confused. Um, Tell I, me your meaty cutie. I first met 
Kang during Kurt Busiek, great Kurt Busiek 90s Avengers run. Uh, he did his final storyline on the series was a storyline called the Kang Dynasty. Ah, uh, yes, to this day, one of the uh, top mm-hmm. regarded Kang related. Uh, and that title might sound familiar to certain uh, Marvel fans. So uh, you might want to go check out that storyline if you want. Um, you know, I want to say this about Kang. Um, you know, he has a great look. He does. He has a really great look. He's a great character. The colors, so silly, just like Baron Zemo's character. And even to this day, I kind of think that the idea of Kang Mm -hmm. is more interesting and more exciting than the stories of Kang. Is it weird that I've always thought his face in the little helmet looks like the, um, boy, I sure don't know what he's called, the little monster who's in the tummy of the Eternals villain? What? Krang? I was thinking he looks like Krang. You mean the Eternal? You mean the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, oh. I always think his face looks I like that little face. I thought you said Eternals face. villain. No, sorry, Turtles villain. And I was like, what? You know, the Eternals villain, it's a tiny little face. Okay, Um. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I just think it's his two little faces in squares. Yeah. Um. So everybody, to listen to this, Kang has had various incarnations over the years. And each identity has had its own ever-expanding history. And for the sake of clarity, we are basically going to focus on, like, the main Kang or the prime Kang. Prime Kang A. (laughs) there's a couple of times where prime Kang is replaced by other Kangs. (laughs) I'm not bringing any of those up. I love this. This is going to (laughs) be... This is going to be something. If, If you're a fan of Doctor Who... Yeah. You know how, like, there are... 14, 15 doctors now, and they're all the same person, but really they're not the same person. That's what Kang's like. I was waiting for the doctor, the inevitable Doctor Who analogy to come into this. So we're mainly going to focus where I can't cover everything. And if I miss a timeline, please don't comment. I don't care. And, 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 And know that when we, especially when we are prepping these before a movie or a film premiere we are trying to give you the version that we think most correlates to what you're going to see on the most easiest to we're, understand we're going for clarity char- yeah. we're going for yeah, clarity yeah, yeah, yeah. so if Kang. you want you can also recommend some of these kang dynasty characters especially right. if they get announced so there you so, go kang his name is nathaniel richards he is born in the 30th century of earth 6311 So here's the most important thing of this. This is often referred to as Other Earth. The timeline of this Other Earth is not the same as our Earth. Mm. In the Marvel continuity, and I assume in the future MCU, the main Earth, our Earth, is Earth 616. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they make it Earth 1 like uh, DC? Well, because Alan Moore was a fancy wizard. That's Mm -hmm. why. And he thought it was cooler to call it 616. That's why they did it. So in the MCU... And in Marvel Comics, Earth 616, main Earth. Kang is not from that Earth. He is from Earth 6311, called Other Earth. The big difference in his timeline, the Dark Ages never happened. Oh, so so everyone's advanced. Yes. Because we never had the regression. So because of that, feats of exploration and discovery are much more advanced in the 20th century. Um, And in that timeline, the moon is colonized. Mm. It has declared independence. And in that timeline, there was a war between Other Earth and the moon. And the war ended with Luna, our moon, being destroyed and devastating the globe. No kidding. Now, here's where it's starting to get confusing. Nathaniel Richards, not the Nathaniel Richards I was just talking about. The Nathaniel Richards from Earth 616, our Earth, arrives. He is the father 
of our very own Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards. And with Nathaniel 616 help, he actually reunites the human civilization and he sets a foundation of uh, peace and prosperity. And in that timeline, in the year 3000, that Nathaniel Richards was called sort of the benefactor. In fact, in some versions of the storyline, our Kang was named Nathaniel Richards in honor of this dude. And this is one of the reasons why when things like casting announcements come out, um, people get confused about is Kang Reed Richards' father. Let's not get down that. Let's not get down <laughs> no. that hole yet. Um, so, this is where we're going to hit the first of our variant alerts with Kang. Oh boy! And our confusion alerts. <laughs> so, to make sure that you're not confused, we are gonna. Gotta get back in time. Oh boy! Back in time. We're gonna go back in time to make sure that you have it all. Okay, so Kang. Right. Who is Nathaniel Richards? Yep. Earth 6311 in the 30th century. Mm-hmm. This man called the Benefactor arrives. Mm-hmm. He is Nathaniel of 616, mm-hmm. but we're going to call him the Benefactor, mm-hmm. okay? Um, also, I just want to say that Huey Lewis in the news, uh, that was a reference for all the 40 out years, 40 year olds out there. Please enjoy from Back to the Future. Now, the Nathaniel Richards, our Kang, mm-hmm. Nathaniel Richards Kang, born to this reality is said to maybe, maybe be a descendant of the benefactor through Reed Richards. Mm. So Reed Richards is maybe his great, 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 great times a thousand Mm. grandfather. Although other records say that Nathaniel Richards of this other earth could be a descendant of the Latvian monarch, Dr. Doom. But nobody knows. So Nathaniel Richards of 616, Mm -hmm. who is Reed Richards' father, Mm -hmm. is not Kang. Mm -hmm. Nathaniel Richards of 616 is not Kang's dad. Mm -hmm. Reed Richards is not Kang's dad. Doctor Doom is not Kang's dad. Nobody knows. That is it. So all these fan sites going crazy and saying this stuff like that, they might make that for the movies. Yeah, but per comic book continuity. Nobody knows. They think he is. I have a question. Okay, I hope I can answer it. How come in Marvel Comics, if you're a a wild time traveler, your name is Nathaniel? I don't know. Like Cable? I don't know. As well, like Nathaniel Summers. I was like, that's, is that an homage or is that lazy? I have questions. I, so this would, this would have been Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would assume uh, that Cable might be a reference or a wink back to this, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, which actually not a bad idea. I know he mostly goes by Nate. Um, It's funny. I never even thought about that. Yeah. I was noodling on that one for a bit. So bored and ill content of his (laughs) work. We're only, by the way, we're only 17 minutes into this and we haven't even started. I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, Bored and ill content of his peaceful world, Nate slash Kang became enamored with the heroic age of the Earth 616, this alternate Earth. He took particular interest in the Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. Uh, And while researching, he discovers the possible biological link to the Benefactor. Mm -hmm. He discovers the Benefactor's abandoned fortress. He uncovers weapons and machines and other devices because the Benefactor doesn't lock his closet and this inspires nate kang to build his own time machine to travel to the year 2960 bc of earth 61 he travel he time travels and he goes to an alternate earth in the multiverse to ancient egypt and there nate kang takes over the kingdom of egypt and establishes himself as the pharaoh ramatut 
Then the Fantastic Four show up. Ashley, just very briefly, in case this is somebody's first episode, they're coming here for Ant-Man talk. Who are the Fantastic Four? Reed Richards is a massive douchebag scientist, and he gets the three people he loves the most turned into creepy superheroes. I'm actually surprised you didn't go, Reed Richard turns elastic. Oh, boy, I sure don't know the words Sue to that Sue can vanish from sight. <laughs> Johnny is a giant douche, and Ben just likes to fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the Fantastic Four, they travel back in time in an effort to retrieve a radioactive isotope that was said to restore one's eyesight. That's because Reed Richards thought that lens crafter was a great business idea. So, <laughs> this was actually a setup planted by Rama Tut slash Nate slash Kang. That's who he is. Mm -hmm. So that he can encounter the Fantastic Four. He claimed Sue Storm as his queen and he placed the rest of the team into bondage. Now, like leather bondage? Well, you know, slavery. He, he made him build the pyramids. Basically. I think it's funnier if they're all just in those leather yeah. daddy hats. Uh, first of all, this is also going to be the first of many times that Kang is going to decide that certain women are his queen. That's the thing that happens to Sue a lot um, mm -hmm. up until about, oh, I don't know, two years ago where <laughs> yeah maybe two years ago, pretty much every writer who's ever come onto the Fantastic Four has the hot take mm -hmm. that uh, what if this villain decides to marry Sue? I'm like, I get it. Sue is like the hottest, most important woman in the Marvel Universe, yeah. but it's tired. Now, fortunately, good old reliable Ben Grimm, the thing does what, Ashley? Do you remember from the song? Uh, likes to fight. Yeah, he so fights. He so, throws hands. So he 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 enables their escape because <laughs> he, he likes to fight. <laughs> he rescues Sue. He rescues the yeah, others. Yeah, yeah. And the Fantastic Four started uprising against Rama Tut, pushing Nate slash Kang slash Rama Tut to flee that era in his timeship. He's like, oh dang it. <laughs> so breaks the line of succession. Ancient Egypt is yeah. never the same. And after a chance meeting with Doctor Doom, bah. That's an old That's joke. That's a oh, reference. Uh, who also back. might possibly be his great, 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 great granddaddy. Uh, Rama Tut slash Kang slash Nate is inspired to reestablish himself. And so he decides to model himself after Dr. Doom. So he decides to give himself another name. Can I also point out that if Reed Richards is also maybe his great, 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 wait, whatever, grandfather, then Sue is probably his great, 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 great grandmother. So it's extra problematic that he wants her to be his queen. Well, that's why we're, uh, that's why it's, it's, you know, Royals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. I wonder uh, if he has sausage fingers. Yep. So <laughs> Nate Kang calls himself the Scarlet Centurion. I mean, a cool name, honestly. And, and he fights the Avengers and he has a suit that kind of looks like Dr. Doom. Yeah. He traps the Avengers, but those pesky Avengers, they successfully escape because that's what they do. They do that and they kind of avenge things. And so the Centurion tries to stop them but then he is thrown into the time stream. Now, the Scarlet Centurion will finally don the mantle of Kang, and we're going to learn exactly how he finally, finally, finally calls himself Kang after this break. So stay tuned. Same Kang time, same Kang channel. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And we're back. Nathaniel Richards from an alternate Earth dressed up as the Scarlet Centurion and got beat up by the Avengers and he's still not king. But we're going to get to that. Okay. So, uh, Ashley, let's just get to this. Okay. The fact that Kang is as complicated as he is in the history. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked a little bit about this again. Time travel stories. Does this add to his mystique that he's basically everywhere at all times throughout all of Marvel history? You know, does it make him a good big bad for the Marvel Universe? I think it makes him a convenient big bad for mm-hmm. when we have gaping plot holes. Because he can just show up the, Yeah, the size of like a freight truck or whatever. Um, time travel is hard to do well. And um, I think the MCU is currently grappling with that, mm-hmm. the way that they have in comics. Um, I don't think it adds to his mystique very much because I think it's probably by this point been overplayed. I think in the 1960s, when this character was introduced, it was probably pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like want to allow for the grace of that. Like I am speaking, you know, f- with 50 years of time travel stories at my back. Um, I do think the fact that this retcon happened so early is really intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe it maybe it kind of points to like a weak initial conception of this character. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's almost like comic book writers of the time didn't talk to their counterparts. Well, actually, all these were a bit written would have been written by Stan Lee. I think Stan Lee was just like whatever, and he was also Excelsior. the ed- and he was also the editor, so nobody no was going to give him notes. Nobody was going to give him notes. Jack be like, hey, was like, okay, great. Just give me a silver sofa to draw, and I'll fine. I'll be fine, Stan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard about the fourth world? <laughs> yeah. Give me another fifty years, and we'll get there. All right. So Nate, soon to get a name change, finds himself caught in the time storm. Remember, because he was pushed yep. in the time stream by yep, the yep, Avengers. Yep, yep, yep. It overshoots his era, and he ends up in the fortieth century. Mm. It is on a war-torn future with barbarians battling with technology far beyond their understanding. And Nate saw this as the opportunity to reestablish himself as possibly a conqueror. Maybe a conqueror named Kang. And thus Kang the Conqueror is finally born. He conquered this world. Then he expanded to the entire galaxy and the galactic empires. But it wasn't enough because Kang was still obsessed with the modern age of heroes and how they beat him up. And he sought to conquer them too. So he also wanted to learn a little bit about the Celestial Madonna. See, he'd heard legends in the 40th century about this Celestial Madonna, a being who would sire the most powerful man in history. And Kang wished to learn the identity of this Madonna to ensure that he was the father of that child. So Kang first appears in modern day of Earth 616 in Washington, D.C., and faces off with the Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers, again, even though last time he was the Silver Centurion. Kang takes them prisoner, 
but the wasp avoids capture and she relies on the help of Marvel universe's hanger around her, Rick Jones to help save the team. <laughs> who is Rick Jones, Ashley? Rick Jones is this human boy who helps at the Avengers sometimes. And he was Thor's uh, physical embodiment on earth for a long time. Uh, that's incorrect. Oh no, that's Dr. Donald Blake. Yes. Why am I confusing them? Uh, I don't know. Don't uh, know. So Rick Jones very simply is the original sidekick of the Incredible Hulk. He was the boy that was in the trench that Bruce Banner knocked away that got, that's the reason why Bruce Banner is the Hulk. Rick Jones for a while was the human body of Captain Marvel. Maybe that's the second Captain Marvel in the 90s for a while. He's kind of like, if you're familiar with Snapper Carr in the Justice League, he serves the the exact same purpose. So Rick and the Wasp formulate a plot. Rick rallies the Teen Brigade. Oh, yeah. A group of teenagers that operate as the communication center for the Avengers and sometimes eggs the Avengers mansion. Yeah, man. And they pretend they want to create a Kang Club. Yeah, let's go to the sock hop at the Kang Club, everybody. And Kang. He's intrigued by this. He's flattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He allows them to board a ship. And while inside, this teen McGrade infiltrate the ship. They free the Avengers. And Kang makes a desperate attempt to destroy these meddlesome teenagers by exposing them to lethal rays of radiation, a.k.a. giving them cancer. Cool. Thor, luckily, deflects the radiation with his hammer and redirects it to Kang himself, forcing Kang to flee. This also encounter prompts Kang to leave behind a time probe in the Earth 616 timeline, the modern day, that will hopefully monitor the inevitable appearance of the Celestial Madonna, his hopeful and future baby mama. Now, I don't like the phrase Celestial Madonna. <laughs> hey, talk to Stan Lee. You want to call him up on the phone? That'd be hard to do. He's dead. Yeah. yeah. Now, bear in mind, everything we've talked about so far are retcons and attempt to create a cohesive narrative for Krang. Excuse me, Kang. Now I'm doing it, Ashley. You're welcome. Um, as far as we know, Ramatut, Scarlet Centurion, and Kang were each their own separate characters until Stan Lee and other writers decided Smushed them all together. that they weren't. Um. What do you think was the line of thinking to have these different isolated characters be revealed eventually as all being Nathaniel Richards Kang? What do you think about this? I think somebody said, wouldn't it be neat if Kang had multiple identities or alter egos or, you know, uh, some version of variant? Obviously, that wasn't the phrase that was thrown around at the time, but that's the phrase that's been popularized since Loki. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody, probably Stan Lee, was like, what are a bunch of one-off characters that I'm never going to use again who I could say were Kang? Mm -hmm. Um, Or some intern or some assistant had to go through and be like, here are 15 characters you haven't referenced in the last two years. They Mm -hmm. could all be Kang. Yes. Um, I really don't think it was much more Mm -hmm. than that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to say. I don't think it was a more... I don't think it it was a very creative decision. No, I agree. (laughs) I think they looked back at a lot of characters that were unsuccessful and they said, what if that was all Kang? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then they had to explain why he kept changing his name. Why it was all Kang. Every year. I don't... I actually think it's a horrible idea, um, but I don't I don't think it was probably done with the most deft hand. I agree. I agree. Now it's time to learn about three Kangs and a wedding. Three Kangs and a baby? No, three Kangs and a wedding. Okay. We're hoping for a baby from the Celestial Madonna, oh, right. right? Remember? We're but, hoping for Celestial Jesus. But we're Jesus. not there. We'll get to the Kang baby. It happens. I, oh, I'm sure. Yep. I mean, so, it's a baby Thanos, so anything's possible. So one day... 
Kang barges into Avengers Mansion. Just throws the doors open like Aragorn and is like, behold, I am Kang. He just kicks the door open. He probably does say, behold, I am Kang. (laughs) And he demands, demands. Behold, I am Kang and I am demanding. That one of the three women there. That one of the three women here. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Agatha Harkness. Agatha Harkness. Or Mantis. Or Mantis. Probably her. She's probably the hottest. Must be. Must be. Okay, I think we have. We've had enough of that. The, I'm an actor. <laughs> they must be the long-awaited celestial Madonna. Hot take. Not not my top three choices for a celestial Madonna. Not a, not a lot of good logic logic here. <laughs> no, right? no, no, no. So he kidnaps all three of them and take them to a secret base in Egypt. His favorite country. Agatha Harkness is fully like in the crone phase of her oh, life. <laughs> very much so. And everyone's favorite Avenger, the Swordsman. He's a Hawkeye mentor for right. supervillain turd Avengers. Uh, supervillain so turd Avengers? He he turned event. He turned oh, into turd. Avenger. I thought he's a turd. <laughs> turd Avengers. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to act like that joke didn't happen, <laughs> but it was funny. Um, that's not what I said. It wasn't a joke. It was a misunderstanding. Uh, so he's a supervillain turned yes. Avenger. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Swordsman. Yep. You know who he is? He is a Hawkeye mentor. Um, and when uh, Kate Bishop takes over as Hawkeye, uh, he Clint gives her his sword. Yeah. So Swordsman was dating Mantis. Okay. And with Hawkeye uh, and... A time-displaced Rama Tut. We're going to get there. Oh, boy. Uh, I hate this. <laughs> they decide to go save Mantis. Now, to clarify, this is a future Rama Tut, meaning that Kang, the Conqueror, who just kidnapped these three ladies, will eventually, in the future, become Rama Tut again. And we're going to expand on this more, but this is a turning point for Nathaniel uh, where he is going to start going back in time <laughs> this is your bit. <laughs> A lot of Huey Lewis. Uh, <laughs> um, so he is going to do that to try to snip out the parts of his timeline that he doesn't like. <laughs> that that were really ham-fistedly crammed in there in the yep. first place. Yes. So. <laughs> this is going really well it is it is (laughs) so (laughs) sorry i'm sorry rama tut future king and swordsman successfully saved the three women from king ashley is like trying to hold back (laughs) laughter you know what i know what i know what'll cure this hold on (laughs) thank god i was afraid it was gonna be ring ring nope This is our second time trying to record this episode today. (laughs) Yeah, it's going well. It's going well. All right. Woo! What what is so funny here? That's that's what I know. Uh, Who knows? We've gone back in time so many times. Maybe this is our forty fifth time trying to record this episode. Oh man! Okay. So, future Rama Tut, future Kang, yeah, and Swordsman successfully saved the three women from Kang, our main Kang. During the fight, our king reveals the true identity of Rama Tut and learns that Rama is his future self. 
when the same man from different eras come face to face, time is ruptured, revealing to all the gathered that Mantis was actually the Celestial Madonna. So Kang's Avengers Mansion booty call was right. And because of that, in a fit of rage, for some reason, and because of comic books, Kang tries to shoot Mantis. I just want to say, for anybody who is wondering at what a plot point might be in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I think Jason just laid it out for you. But the swordsman Mm -hmm. sacrifices himself and dives in the way of the blast, and so he dies. I knew he did die. Yep. Uh, So. Sad day. I don't know. Ramatut. Yep. Future Kang. Yep. And present Kang, the guy we've been talking about since the beginning of this thing. Yep, 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 Start to tussle. Hot. Two Jonathan Majors. Hot. Yeah, they're, you know, rubbing each other with oil. They got they got those little uh, boxer yeah. shorts that they have on for that boxer movie they're in. And Rama, and Rama says, oh, I remember when my face was this blue. And, and he's and, got an Egyptian headdress on for and, some reason. And Kang was like, oh, yes, I have fond memories of the sarcophagi. Tell, take me, Emperor, take me. Mm-hmm. So they start to tussle and they fall into the time sphere. And it sends them through the time sphere. And then suddenly they're plucked out and brought to limbo. Wow. Which is a timeless realm, a sort of pocket-like dimension. That a sort it, of limbo. Yep, that exists out of time. Exactly what limbo. And then they were found out that they were brought there by a character called Amortis. And so that means... I have a question. Thank you, Huey. Love it. Love it. I love it that you're on this podcast this today. Would you um, would you spell Amortis for me? Uh sure. I uh let me Is it like Immortus, like Immort like I M M or is it A M? No, it is I M M O R T U S. Okay, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Like thank immortal. You. Yes. So Ashley. Yes. Do you know who Amortis is? Not even a little bit. Okay. Um a bad guy. A so Marvel villain. Unbeknownst to Kang mm-hmm. and to Ramatut, a future Kang. Uh-huh. Amortis is yet another future identity F- of Kang. Future, future Kang. I mean, I assumed yep. he was another Kang. He is basically, here's the easiest way to remember who Amortis is. Mm-hmm. He's old man Kang. Great. So he is a character. He has like a very tall, like dome-like hat. It's very tall. It makes him look like a cone head. He has a very long white beard. He usually wears a robe. Um, I actually like Amortis. I think he's a very interesting character. But he is... Old Man Kang. That is the easiest way to remember. Wow, when you look at a picture of him, he really does just kind of look like Old Man Kang. That yeah. is a yeah. very apt description yeah. of him. Same color scheme and everything. Yes. Um. So Amortis operates initially as an Avengers villain, but he's actually fighting the Avengers and fighting our characters in the Marvel Universe because he's working towards a more peaceful future, a sort of utopia. And like, he's doing these things where like, well, I'm doing these bad things because it's going to change X, Y, Z in the future. And you just, I'm so far ahead of you. You don't even realize it. Right. Kind of like Thanos. <laughs> uh, he, but Amortis is like very peaceful. He's very chill. Mm. He's very relaxed, which I think is on purpose because mm-hmm. again, Kang is a conqueror. He's like, I'm yeah. going to punch you in the face. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think you're the celestial Madama. I'm going to shoot you in the face. Yeah. And Amortis is just like, whoa, man, it's all right. It all works. Wipe that blue paint off your face, baby. Let's just do this. <laughs> well, I don't need no blue paint no more. It's fine. I hope they put Jonathan Majors in a headdress that big. <laughs> it's very big that and the color is very pointy uh, I will tell you this I have seen one of the clips of the new movie and I do like that they have um, um, it's when he like first meets Ant-Man yes. and he walks in 
and he has the blue thing mm-hmm. and his helmet just retract and you just learn you're like oh it's a force shield i like that yes. or it's like it's his visor it almost makes that stupid headdress uh feasible yes yes because there have been uh other cartoons like in Avengers Earth's yeah. Mighty Series where the blue face is a helmet and yeah. then he takes it off and he's just a human with a goatee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this uh, this nice little touch there, MCO. So there you go. Um, so Amortis reveals that at some point in time, Kang will become bored with his existence again mm-hmm. uh, and he will get tired of basically conquering. So he will go back to Egypt and because that was a place he liked. Yep. You know, even though the Fantastic Four ruined it, he was like, oh, I like pictographs. I like this hieroglyphics. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. And he will become Ramatut to live in a peaceful existence. Eventually, he will be approached by the Timekeepers, mm. an alien race that are the last living creatures of the universe. And they work to preserve time and offer Kang an opportunity to become an agent for them in exchange for immortality. And Kang will agree reinventing himself as Amortis. Immortus. Now, anybody that is familiar with the MCU knows that in Loki season one, mm-hmm. Loki worked for the Timekeepers. Mm-hmm. So you might start seeing mm-hmm. some of the pieces here. Some keywords and phrases. That they're going to pull from. Now, Amortis is an architect and he tries to structure Kang's complicated history in an effort to preserve his existence. He's like, hang on, I gotta be comic book editor yep. for a minute. And to ensure that in every timeline, he always becomes Amortis. Mm. So that is Amortis's goal, basically to be like, kind of like Marty McFly yeah. in the first Back to the Future, or the first time that somebody... Gotta get back in Thank Did you. this bit make you, you laugh? Let us know on GHL Podcast. <laughs> why, are you, why, are you, why are you throwing shade at Huey Lewis in the News, one of the greatest bands of all time? Huey Lewis in the News is doing just fine. They were beloved and in many films. They are. They still are. Yeah. Um, thank you, Huey. Uh, thanks, you. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I know you're a big King fan. Is he alive? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but after this insane uh, timeline, I, I, do, who's, I who's to say? I don't know. Anyways, so... There's something to understand about Kang okay. and Amortis. Okay. Obviously, and I'm going to reference Doctor Who again, Kang does not have a linear timeline. Mm-hmm. He's hopping all over the place. And a lot of his history is cobbled together by events that have tendencies to branch off. There are divergence. There are variations of Kang that exist in the Marvel Universe. There have been storylines where Kang has met other Kangs and been like, oh, that's an alternate timeline me. That's not actually me. Or that's the version of me that does this. So I'm going to go back in time and ensure that that version never exists. Um, So it's like a lot of work. Yes. Sometimes Kang will be like left somewhere trapped at the end of a story. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Kang will die at the end of the story. And then he's brought back randomly and is like, oh yeah, that timeline didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually it's claimed to be a Kang from a different reality. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with that in mind, let's go back to the present day of the earth 616. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to Mantis. Mm -hmm. Cause Kang, now that he knows she's a celestial Madonna, definitely wants her as his bride. Mm -hmm. Okay. But Mantis has moved on from her old love, the swordsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's actually going to get married with a mentor of a plant-like uh, Kotati race uh, who has taken the form of the swordsman, uh, her recently deceased lover. And because, you know, she has, you know, issues with his death. So she can't, <laughs> she can't move on. Uh, and luckily, Amortis, old man Kang, offered to officiate their wedding. 
That's nice of him. But who decides to crash the wedding? Uh, some other Kang. All of the Kangs. Not one. Twelve. Not two. Thirteen. But three Kangs. Wow. Three Kangs. And they all band together to distract and basically to punk on the Avengers. Uh, one of the Kangs manages to take Mantis and escape into space. However, Amortis, because he's old man Kang, mm -hmm. he was like, hey, man, I've seen this before. It's all good. He he it, it, he he actually sent the Space Phantom, which is this silly cosmic character. Don't worry Great. about it. Uh, who is a servant to Amortis. Um, he made the Space Phantom take the form of Mantis. Okay. So the Kang that stole Mantis at the mm -hmm. wedding actually stole the space phantom mm, i'm gonna imagine it's space ghost that's funnier to me yes it is um because <laughs> the real mantis was in hiding yeah so by the time kang realized this it was already too late the wedding was officiated mantis and the kotati wed and their union transformed the both into pure energy and they joined the stars kind of like decker in uh i can't remember her name in star trek the motion picture the ball dealt in late i sure can't remember her name either but she's pretty Elira, something like that. Elira, yeah. I don't know. Uh, all of you that are screaming at your phone right now, uh, we apologize. You're welcome. But I don't care. <laughs> I'm already lost. Uh, so the question is, Ashley. Yes. Did the Silver Age and Bronze Age Avengers writers <laughs> care about continuity? Use multiple Kangs and creating new identities. We're going to keep coming back to this question as a handicap. Okay, if if a, if a certain Kang storyline didn't fit in continuity-wise, it seems like it was just easier to create a new divergent identity for Kang, right? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I would also say that that is not... Kang is not the first character to ever do that. That's true. Uh, we, I mean, Doctor by, Who would have existed at this time. Doctor Who definitely would have existed by this time. Also, we, we've got to be at least 25 Earths deep over in the DC continuity yeah. by this time. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think before we became... Um, I think saying slaves to continuity is is like a little too. Um, mm -hmm. um, so I don't I don't mean it that extremely, but before we were so enamored with continuity, mm -hmm. like this is the problem about non serialized storytelling. I agree. Um, is that there's nobody kind of watching for things like this, and I know there are people listening to this, and there are people who are re who read these stories, and they're not bothered by the lack of care and continuity. But I think you, you and I, with writer brains, are just like. Why would you do this? Look, I don't I don't need continuity to always 100% make sense because I say this all the time. Doctor Who's continuity is a mess. Make your own continuity. Yes, we've always say yeah. make we have a t-shirt yep. at uh Teespring, Tee Public. Tee Public? Yep. Tee Public, you can find it on our website. They've, they've it says make your own continuity. Sale literally every other day. Uh they I think every second of the day they have a sale. Um like 60 cents comes to Star us. Trek continuity doesn't match up. Star no. Wars continuity doesn't. Yeah. I, I don't know any franchise that has perfect continuity. No. I don't care. I do not need the continuity to match up. What I want is I want some thought into this. And I understand. You want an internal logic to it. Because. Yes. Yeah. As it is right now, it seems slapdash and hazardly. Yes. And, it, it, this is this is laissez-faire. This and, is a bunch of people being like, these nerds aren't going to. Oh. Well, this, 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 and, and look, these, these creators, these publishers, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, they didn't know that the direct market and trades and collections were ever going to be a thing to worry about. This to me screams of a bunch of writers just saying, you know what? When you get stuck, make it a Kang storyline. Yeah, yeah. Just make it a Kang storyline. Yeah. Don't know how to get out of the ending. Oh, it was Kang. Don't know who that character was? Oh, it was Kang. Right. To uh, to do the trite Simpsons joke at all, a wizard did it. And I kind of, yes. And I kind of feel at this point that 
you know, this would have been like late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Um, the Marvel writers were just like, you know what's funny? Put Kang in the storyline. <laughs> right. And this is also just before like you you evoked the Bronze Age mm-hmm. earlier. The 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 Bronze Age um kind of um dovetailing onto the Dark Age is the beginning of very serious continuity. Mm-hmm. Um so it's interesting that this type of thing over at Marvel is still going on at this time. Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about a time period known as No More Kangs. Right <laughs> after this. And we're back. There are so many Kangs out there. We have Kang. Too many Kangs. Too many Kangs. Too many Kangs. Too many Kangs. We have Kang past Rama Tut, future Rama Tut, a Mortis, <laughs> another Kang, and another Kang. <laughs> is there a girl Kang? There has to be a girl Kang. Yes, there is. I was like, they, there's a girl There is. Key. Because you also have to realize that not only- Is there a little kid Kang? Is there an alligator Kang? Well, there is a little kid Kang. He's Ironland. Oh, that's right. He's um, my favorite Kang. There, there also, you have to realize again, remember- Kang is not from Earth 616. Uh, yes. So there are also alternate universe diff- versions yeah, yeah. of Kang. There are multiverse versions of Kang. Is there a Get cat it? Kang? Um, probably. <laughs> At this point, I don't care. <laughs> the, utter, the look of utter defeat on your face. <laughs> I hope Marvel Comics emails you and says, Jason. This was such a great episode. Please, oh, boy. Please write a Kang story for us. You know what my Kang storyline would be? It would be... Kang killing all the other Kangs? <laughs> no, yeah. yeah that, I think I want to write 90 pages of him... Tight, 90 pages. ...sitting on the Nile, sipping a martini, just being like, you know what's nice about this? There are no more Kangs. <laughs> and it's just 90 pages of sip, sip, oh, a bird, sip, sip, you know. <laughs> it, like ancient Egypt or like current the Nile where he's like, oh, the Burger King. Across ancient Egypt because he likes ancient okay. Egypt. But, you yeah, know, it's yeah, like Sandy. But resort. with the martini. <laughs> yeah, but with the martini. He brings the martini okay. from his time bubble. And then every once in a while he thinks to himself, should I? Gotta get back in time. Gotta get back in time. And he just goes, nah. And he says, nah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then he dies peacefully of old age. Yep. It'll be the worst selling comic book of all time whereas at the same time it'll probably win the Eisner (laughs) drag (laughs) they'll they'll bring me up on stage and they'll say why did you write this comic book and I'll be like well I just really hated K (laughs) Jonathan Majors presents the award to you (laughs) I'll kiss that man on the mouth if that happens okay here we go Um, so the Nathaniel uh, Richards our Kang Mm -hmm. right Mm mm-hmm our present day Kang, mm-hmm. he decides, hey, you know what? There are too many Kangs. Hey, he's right. And to solve this problem, he handpicks two of his most cunning divergent Kangs to form what he calls the Council of Kangs. Mm. Their mission is to eliminate all the excess Kangs and replace them with robots. That's a very Dr. Doom thing to do. Well, Dr. Doom might be his great, 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 great times a million granddaddy. Do you have a do you have any horse in the race of who is his, one of his progenitors? Do you have a preference at all? It's okay. You could fully be like, I don't care. I have no horse in the race. So it's, I will say this. Mm-hmm. It's more interesting mm-hmm. if he's a Reed Richards descendant, mm-hmm. but it's even more infinitely more interesting mm-hmm. if he's Reed Richards brother. Ooh. Right? Because think about it that way. Like, again, cut out this 
futurey stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm speaking way ahead of this. Of, again, I have not seen Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. So this is just tinfoil hat theories. Just tinfoil yeah. hat theories. Um, you know, I think it, it, it'd be more interesting if we introduced Nathaniel Richards and he is just Nathaniel Richards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we find out that he has two sons, mm-hmm. Reed and Nathaniel Jr. Yeah. And Reed's the good guy. Nathaniel Jr. is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. That's, I actually think, is the most interesting way. Um, but, you know, I, that that it's it's more interesting if he is a descendant of a good guy. Uh-huh. Because it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that he acts like Dr. Doom. Mm-hmm. That's the more. But to be honest with you, I don't care. Okay, that's fair. I actually am not bothered with him being completely unrelated to them. Yeah, well, because most, you know they're going to make him related yeah, to someone. Well, most stories yeah. don't ever play on that yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. He's just Kang the Conqueror. Uh, but I would, I would again, having seen, I would bet money in the MCU he's related to someone. Oh, one hundred percent. Especially because we are building to yeah. the FF finally being a part of the MCU. Yeah. Oh no, I think he's going to be directly connected to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I lost my place, Ashley. Oh, here we go. No more games. You, you know, you could just go back in time and find it again. Nobody will ever know. Thank you, Huey. We should have introduced this a long time ago. <laughs> what? <laughs> the ability to go back in time and just <laughs> mind wipe out any mistakes we make. <laughs> so, no more Kangs! Woo! Right? Finally. Sip martinis. No more Kangs. So, Kang. He's, yep. got, a, he's got a council of Kangs. Yes, yes. He's you got, told me that. He's got a couple of Kangs. A couple of Kangs. We're going to replace all the other Kangs with robots uh-huh. that are under the control of our Kang. That's right. But we eventually learn that this whole idea that Kang had was actually a machination by Amortis, the old man Kang, Mm. remember, who wanted to get rid of every possible variant of Kang to ensure that only his future as Amortis would happen. That's selfish of him. Well, I mean, again, if it doesn't happen, he doesn't exist, Mm. right? He then drives our Kang mad by using a device called the Sight Globe, which actually contained the memories of every slain counterpart and variation of Kang that had ever existed. All the Kangs that could have and did exist, all of their memories were in this globe. Wow. And Amortis basically turned it on our Kang and let him feel all of it. All of these memories flooded Kang's mind. The time circuitry in his helmet triggered, and suddenly he split into two and so we now have a new divergent of our king that we've been following back from the beginning or variant if you will or a new variant so that means that we have to thank you huey I like that you thank him as if he's sitting just off he my is. <laughs> Don't break the illusion. He's right here. Aren't you, Huey? See? <laughs> By the way, the, 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 the cover art of the piece of music I'm using for that, is, Huey is uh, giving me uh, pretty lovey-dovey eyes. I'm just going to say right into camera. Would you kiss him right on the mouth? Uh, I don't know. Is, is he Kang? <laughs> no, he's Huey. No, probably not. Okay. You only kiss <laughs> Kang right on the mouth? No, I mean, Jonathan Major is a pretty man. So there yeah. you go. Okay, so... We now have, oh dear lord! Uh, <laughs> we now have two kanks 
from our original Kang. Great. Okay. This split divided the madness between them. So one of the Kangs went to the 40th century, like his conqueror mm-hmm, home mm-hmm, to recover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other one named himself Fred. Fred! After Fred Flintstone. I am not joking. I was literally going to be like me, nope. Fred Flintstone. And he joins the Council of Cross-Time Kangs. I am not joking about this. Unlike the other Kangs, Council of Kangs, these Kangs are beings and aliens that killed their own versions of Kang in their time, the robots, and took their identities. They don't really do much, and they're eventually destroyed by Prime Kang, our main guy we've been calling, uh-huh. the, the guy that went to the 40th century. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they're, I just wanted to mention them, but basically ignore them. Okay. So... Kang, Prime Kang, mm-hmm. establishes the realm of Chrononopolis. Great. A fortress that is out of sync with time and eventually becomes his empire that is a crossroad for Earth's past, present, and future. At Chrononopolis, he forms his own elite set of warriors known as the Anachronauts, selected from different areas in history that have never been defeated except by Kang himself. Now, that is an interesting thing to mark in your head that will we will talk about in my favorite Kang storyline of all time at the very end of this lesson. You will see Kang will do something very similar. Again, he pulled a bunch of people mm-hmm. from different eras to be his army. That's going to come back again. Now, I skipped over a bit earlier about Kang's true love. So I want to tell you about Kang's true love. It's, it's not Mantis. It's not the Celestial Madonna that he keeps. He just wants to give her a baby. That's all he wants to do. So his true love is Ravana. She is a princess of the 40th century that Kang fell in love with, and then she died in Kang's arms. Now, Ravana was revived by the Grandmaster, who, of mm. course, is like a celestial type being that we, we have seen, seen in the MCU. MCU. Um, now, he showed her. Oh, she pretty. Yeah, he showed her the evil things that Kang did since she had been dead and she becomes disgusted with him and swears to beat him. So she devises a plan to kill Kang for the good of the universe. Like you do. And with the help of the Avengers, she infiltrates Kang Citadel and tries to kill him. And during their encounter, Ravana finds herself in harm's way and Kang protects her. And like Kang did for Ravana, she keeps him in stasis and because she's in, he's in stasis, but you know, Chrononopolis uh, will basically fall apart without Kang. Mm-hmm. She takes his armor, she puts it on, Lady Kang, and she becomes Lady Kang. Oh, but she's not really Kang. But she's the closest you can get. Yeah, Although yeah, there yeah. are lady versions of Kang, yeah, 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 in yeah, the multiverse yeah, yeah, and all yeah. this stuff like that. Um, of course, Kang, our Kang, Prime Kang, is of course revived, and the two of them patch up their differences and they rule the empire wow, together. Wow, you can uh, really kind of see where uh, Sylvie came from. <laughs> so Kang now has his queen, Ashley. Yes. Is it a trope that all these villains have evil ladies that eventually love and understand them? <laughs> a little bit. Um, it It is a bit of a trope that all Marvel villains have queens. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanos has... Well, Kang is very royal. Yeah, but a lot of Marvel villains are very interested in having like a female ruling partner. A funny thing I just thought of, mm. if Kang is a descendant of uh, Doctor Doom, technically he would be royalty. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, 
Interesting. Technically, if anyway, let's, and t- well, and, let's not get into the well. And until he decided to move to California and write a tell-all book, yeah, exactly. Then he'd probably be disavowed. Uh, yeah. Has not been disavowed yet. Oh, okay. Well, uh, good for you. <laughs> There's Kang. still lots of time for right. you, Kang. Um, I will say, like, is this heck hecatropy? Yeah, for sure. Hecatropy. Trying to swear less and also not swear on the pod. Um, it is very tropey, but I have to say, um, having never heard about who Ravana was before, like, mm-hmm. I'm interested. I would love to see this character in the MCU. Oh, interesting. I think it would be very fun. Or some, you know, whatever sure. version we like. However, they're going to streamline Kang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if if this character could be included, I think that would be very cool. If that's possible to streamline Kang, I don't know. If uh, it is. They're going to try. So. As I previously mentioned, remember, Kang always reaches a point in his life where he kind of becomes bored. Yes. So he has reached the point where he is bored with ruling Chrononopolis. What is it with these comic book characters who can't just be happy having everything they want? So he decides to bestow his empire to Ravana Mm -hmm. to let her rule Chrononopolis. Mm -hmm. And he decides that he's like, I'm going to go back and rule that place that I really like, my favorite vacation spot where I sit and drink the martinis and I watch ships go up and down the Nile, ancient Ancient Egypt. Egypt. And he decides that he's like, you know what? I'm going to go back and be Ramatut again. Now, if you remember, he had already met a future version Uh of Ramatut, and then that's how he becomes Mm. Immortus. But now, because he's met Immortus, he recognizes that this is the point where if he does this, he will become Immortus and realizing that he would rather live in existence that is free than be a slave to the timekeepers. He denounces that future and decides to do the thing that he does best conquer. So his first <laughs> order. First of all, Ramatut, not a real Pharaoh. No, of course not. Uh, Ramatut wears the crown of upper and lower Egypt, which means he is a uh, new dynasty Egyptian ruler, which means there's no conquering going on at mm-hmm. this point in the Egyptian dynasty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but fine. <laughs> so the first order of business is to eliminate all his rival time travelers. Kang. All has, just hanging around ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kang has studied. Well, he's not ancient. Egypt. I, know, I know. I know. Kang studied Immortus and his masters, and he learns that the timekeeper's goal is to ensure that the universe ends with them. And the timekeepers consider earth to be their greatest threat. Mm. So Kang prepares to wage a war against this future self. But Immortus, again, He's old man Kang. Yep. He knew Kang was going to do this. He makes the first move mm. and completely destroys Chronopolis mm. and a majority of the Anachronauts. So, oh, that's a fun name. Yep. Uh, that these, these were his soldiers that he pulled from the other time. Yeah, groups. like anachronism. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we learned that Immortus, with his decimation of Chronopolis, mm-hmm. is looking for something called the Heart of Forever. Cool. It is an energy source that would make it possible to change history without creating divergent realities. It would mean that he would be able to kill Kang and still exist. Sounds like something that MCU is going to just somehow say is an infinity stone. (laughs) I was going to say, sounds very similar to a movie spanning uh, plot point, if I will. You know, the ability to stop divergent timelines mm-hmm. also you might remember that that was a big plot line of a certain movie called avengers endgame yeah, yeah so the timekeepers attempt 
to speed up Kang's destiny, forcing him to transform into a mortis. And Kang manages to fight off the timekeepers with his sheer will, and he executes them all. He kills them all. And as a result, it has caused a temporal blacklash that severs the tie between Immortus and Kang's destinies, causing them now to exist basically as separate entities. Mm. So now, no matter what the Prime Kang does, yeah. Immortus will always eat. So now they are they have now basically diverged themselves. Oh, interesting. So now Immortus is no longer the destiny of Kang. Of he main, is, of main, main, mainline yep, Kang. He yeah, is yeah. one of many. Mm, okay. All right. <laughs> so Ashley. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Sure. Because I like the idea of a mortis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like that Marvel writers eventually just got to the point where they said, this is too complicated. Let's just say they're in different timelines and cut ties of the mortis. Or, you know, I know this is putting you in a spot like, is there a better creative choice that you would have made to simplify him, but like not make this change? Is there a better creative choice? Probably. Mm -hmm. um, however, comics don't always do the strongest or boldest creative choice. Uh, tropes are tropes for a reason. I think separating them in a way that if you decide to have, if you have a really good dramatic idea with one character, you're not irreparably tied to the other character. I think that's the right idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have gone about it this way. Mm -hmm. Do I have a better idea? Not. And I know I'm not it's really. It's unfair because I'm putting you on the spot. Um, yes. I like at least what you've told me. I like the idea of Immortus. So I'm glad that they didn't just because the lazy thing would have just been to hand wipe this character away and then bring him back whenever he felt like it. Yeah. So I'm glad we didn't do that. I'm glad we at least came up with a in-universe reason for them to exist simultaneously. To me, the more interesting choice uh -huh. is to throughout the idea that no matter what King does, he will eventually become a mortis well, no matter what he does. Th so this is the problem with, which would give him internal, it'd give him a great conflict, eternal conflict. Cause he's like, I can't change it. This is the problem with, um, any type of storytelling in an ongoing comic book universe that gets into religion or spirituality mm -hmm. is like, are you saying that, um, like, do these characters have free will is destiny a thing? You know, I and it's take, also not dramatic if you already know the end. A hundred percent. Like I take huge umbrage with all of the like um, Judeo-Christian overtones in both Marvel and DC. Mm -hmm. um, so like not to have any of those discussions, but like that does it complicates things if you commit to that timeline. Uh, but I think narratively it is. You're right. It is more interesting to be like this guy can muck about and be as villainous as he wants, but he is always going to become this sort of space guru Buddha mm -hmm. type. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now that Kang has his destiny under oh control, <laughs> he returns to his empire in the 41st century mm. because Marvel was now in the 21st century. He prepares his armies and he selects people that are the perfect ideal soldier. And he starts to have copulations with women that were the most genetically ideal. And he spawns. Oh, good. Eugenics. Yep. He spawns multiple children and he names them all Marcus because he's. <laughs> Yep. Marcus. Yep. No he's, offense to any Marcus yep. is listening. Because he's trying to prepare the ultimate ideal heir to his empire. And if they were a failure or if they unsatisfied him, Kang would kill them immediately. But they were all named Marcus. He's like, Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> now, he did this until he found Marcus Kang, the 23rd. 
Okay, I thought you were going to tell me that he just named them all Kang. Honestly, no. <laughs> it was what I was expecting. And this son of Kang became the new Scarlet Centurion. I am Marcus, son of Kang. Yep, Marcus, son of Kang, the Scarlet Centurion. <laughs> Together, they studied the Avengers, and they devised a new plan to conquer the modern era. And they arrived to Earth in the modern day, making a major announcement that basically they say, hey, Earth. Um, hey, Earth. Uh, you, uh, oh, here, we can do this. Okay. Let's see here. Hold on a second. Dee, dee, dee. Oh, boy. Hello? Hi, I'm Kang. Oh, hi. Hello. You sound exactly like another Kang I could think of. Who? Also owned by Disney. Who? Kang and Kodos. Oh, I was not going for that, That's but maybe I will. Either. I'll lean into it more. He's I'm not getting there. Hi, I'm Kang. Hi, Kang. The Conqueror. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, it's That's on the top. a little aggressive. It's on the top of my resume. It's not very feminist of you. Is this modern day Earth? Uh, for me, it is. Okay, well, look, we got to talk. We are talking. I'm from the future. If you say so. And Do you want to go back in time? i love that song (laughs) thank you for yes ending my bit okay what can i do for you this has been fun so you wanted to go to the future that's right the future is terrible oh the present's pretty terrible so it gets worse oh it gets worse oh boy and you all are responsible well, I mean, I'm just a podcaster, so I don't see how I could be no, responsible. All of, Earth, all of you. You're all, you're all, all responsible. Okay. Uh, if I go to the future with you, can we like avoid the terribleness a little bit? No, basically I've looked through all the timelines and all the possible futures have all ended horribly. Oh, great. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to showcase many of these apocalyptic and horrific visions of the future to you. And basically here's your choices. I'm going to conquer you to ensure that these horrible apocalypses don't happen. Uh-huh. Or basically I'm just going to let you walk off the cliff. Those are your choices. Uh, I mean, I'm not much for conquering. Like, as a descendant of a colonizer, I have a lot of complicated guilt around that. Uh, so. Too bad I'm not giving you the choice. I'm called the conqueror. Oh, well, you said, like, I was like, we could just walk off the cliff. Look, I'm being friendly, but I'm going to conquer you. <laughs> do you Wait, do you, look like, do you look like Jonathan Majors? No. Sorry, oh, sadly. I mean, if you did, I'd be That's an alternate. That's that's a, that's the variant from Earth Sexy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, he hung up. Oh, no. Bye. Bye. Oh, he didn't hung up. Look, I'm from the future. I know when you were going to hang up, so it's fine. Just go ahead. You can do it. It's fine. You're going to hang up right now. Click. Wow, he knew. He did knew. He knew. He knew. Uh, so bas- Honestly, more polite than I expected. So basically, Kang said, yeah, you're, every alternate timeline sucks. Yeah. So I'm going to invade you to prevent all that from happening. So Kang begins to invade different countries to consolidate everyone in the world under one rule. His invasion proved so successful that basically the Earth, the Avengers were like, what are you doing? And the Earth was like, get off our planet, Mm -hmm. Avengers. So not only did Kang manage to conquer the Earth, but he basically conquered the modern era, which is what he always wanted to do. From the very beginning. Wow, he finally got his happy ending. <laughs> he did. He finally got his dynasty. That's not what dynasty means. Well, that's what this storyline is called. The King Dynasty. Oh, it's not what dynasty means. But of course, the Avengers bounce back. And they unite many forces to fight him. Very famous groups that you all have heard of. Like <laughs> the Presence. Yes. Who is a Russian superhuman radioactive being. And 
the Atlanteans. Hey, they're called the Tolokans. And the Deviants, a group of species that were experimented on by the Celestials. All of those famous groups were united by by the Avengers to fight Aren't Kang. the Deviants just like demon dogs? Uh, in the movie. Well. Yeah. This successful retaliation forces Kang to have his son, Marcus Kang, retreat in a time capsule. Mm. Kang decides to stay behind because he's like, I will die honorably. They capture Kang. And Kang actually accepts his fate because he says, I conquered the modern era. That is all I have ever wanted from life. I am satisfied. He said, Vini, Vini, Vici. I came, I saw, I conquered. Until Marcus Kang. (laughs) The 23rd. Comes back in time. Yes, thank you so much. Gotta get back in time. Thanks, Huey. <laughs> uh, he comes back in time to save his daddy. His daddy. And it's like, come on, dad, get in the time capsule. We got to peace out. <laughs> okay. Uh, I hope they hire uh, that kid from Stranger Things to play this part. <laughs> and they get away. Yeah. Now, Ashley, what do you think King's reaction to this is? I think he's like, Thanks, son. This was great. Let's go to a hockey game. He takes Marcus into a private chamber when they get back to the future. And incinerates him. And this chamber is actually a mortuary for all the previous 22 Marcuses that Kang killed, (laughs) who didn't live up to be worthy. Mm -hmm. And Kang stabs Marcus in the chest and puts him in the tube for 23 because he's enraged that his son ruined his perfect ending mm. uh, and realized that he was like, Oh, you're faulty as well. Oh so God. I'm killing you. Um, That's an extreme overreaction, sir. Yep. And because uh, one faulty son wasn't good enough. Kang decides that the only way he can make a true dynasty mm-hmm. is to make a son out of a younger version of himself from his own timeline. This is some like ancient Greek stuff. So Kang decides to go. Thank you, Huey. Is <laughs> <laughs> everybody tired of Huey and Lewis in the news at this point? Or do they love it? If the answer, I don't know. It's, we've been doing it for an hour. If the answer is not love it. I told you this king was going to be long and complicated. I told you. <laughs> so, new variant alert. So, Kang travels <laughs> into his own past mm-hmm. and he saves his teenage self uh, from bullies in the hope from of bullies. helping the young Nathaniel Richards, who is him, achieve his destiny as Kang the Conqueror sooner. Showing the boy his destiny. Kang also equipped him with a neurokinetic armor, which actually proved to be a mistake because the young Nathaniel was unwilling to become a villain and become Kang the Conqueror. And the young Nathaniel fought back against Kang and escaped into the time stream and ended up in the modern era. He learned at this point that the Avengers had been disbanded. Yeah. And he had uncovered a secret protocol with the remains of the vision and used it to form a group of young heroes who eventually came to be called the Young Young Avengers. Avengers. And he called himself Iron Lad. Yeah. 
With the formation of the group, former Avengers Iron Man and Captain America attempted to convince the youths to disband. They're so mean in this scene. And during their discussions at the ruins of Avengers Mansion, that is where a signal was sent out of where and when Iron Lad was to Kang. So Kang follows, trying to fix this mess, and unfortunately, because his present and younger self were existing and aware of each other in the same time period, remember, it created catastrophic changes to the time stream. Iron Lad successfully actually kills this Kang, causing even more radical problems, and Iron Lad had to return to his own timeline and wipe away all the memories of the Young Avengers so they could restore reality back to the status quo. Although Iron Lad does remain a part of the team through a self-operating armor that is an amalgamation of Nathaniel's consciousness and the Vision's consciousness, so he's still sort of around. I also want to say, fun fact, Iron Lad has a little romantic relationship with Cassie Lang. Oh, interesting. Well, I was going to ask you, actually, you're a big fan of the Young Avengers, and I was going to yeah. say, do you want to give any history of the Young Avengers and maybe um, your love of Iron Lad and how much you would love him? And, and and you know, we don't really know. I don't want to know if you want to get too far in this because we're going to save this for our discussion. But, yeah. like, like, you know, would you, if, if they do the Young Avengers, would it be a would it be a mistake to not have, like, Iron Lad there? I really do like Iron Lad. Mm-hmm. I think Iron Lad is a His great. His armor design is rad. Great character. Yeah. Great look. He's a great foil for Eli, who is kind of your Captain America analog. Um, And we know Eli was alluded to in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, And they kind of fall into that Captain America Iron Man relationship that you think of from the film, even though uh, Young Avengers was written before the Avengers movie came out. Um, What I like best about Iron Lad is he's like Tony Stark, but not a dick. Um, I would love to see Iron Lad in a Young Avengers, Coom New Avengers, right? We don't know what they're going to be called necessarily lineup. I think it's unlikely uh, because I think that's what Riri and Iron slash Ironheart is being primed for. I think we might get Iron Lad as a villain or mm. like a team member who turns- Or maybe we might just get a young Kang. Yeah, who turns coat pretty quickly. But yeah. I don't think they're going to do Iron Lad in a way that um, reflects how awesome that character is in the books, mm. unfortunately. Right. Cool. So the next time we see Prime Kang- it's basically unexplained how he lived. Love it. Uh, we do see Comic Kang do a bunch books. of adventures. He pals around with Doctor Doom. He confronts the Apocalypse Twins and the uh, Uncanny Avengers. And he even fights a multiversal Thanos. But I think it's time to tell you a bit about the best Kang story of all time. A story that I talked about several times on this called Avengers Forever mm. by Kurt Busiek and the late, great Carlos Pacheco. Um, this is a quote from the story because Avengers forever is a story of Kang and Immortus old man Kang kissing fighting each other. Oh, that's not kissing. So this is what Kang says. History is not written scholar and neither is destiny. History is made made by the deeds of the strong and the brave and destiny is forged. The historians, the students, the graybeards, they come in the wake of the strong and write down what the brave have done, but it is the conquerors who change the world and it will always, always be thus. And Amortis replies, conquerors are swept up in destiny's tides as surely as anyone else. Kang and the scholars see the patterns, the truth, I have learned this, and you will too, in time. So, that is basically the philosophy of this entire storyline. Mm-hmm. So, this is a massively complex plot of an Avengers story. Mm-hmm. And it is a massively complex plot of Marvel 
comic book history as well. So you uh-huh. should keep that in mind. This is a battle between Kang the Conqueror and Immortus. And to make it short, Rick Jones, the ultimate hanger on, mm-hmm. suffers a strange paralysis. And Immortus tries to kill Rick Jones. But Kang intervenes, saving Rick Jones. And to protect Rick Jones, Kang summons several Avengers from other points in time. Mm. He summer, he pulls Han, Hank Pym and the Wasp from the present day. He pulls Yellow Jacket, which was Hank Pym from several years ago when he had a mental disorder. He pulls Captain America right after the secret uh, um, Empire storyline where he is demoralized and on the verge of giving up in the superhero thing. That is in the 70s secret Empire mm-hmm. storyline, by the way. Hawkeye right after the Kree Scroll War. Songbird, who at the time was a mm-hmm. villain of Thunderbolts. And Captain Marvel, the second genus Vell, who was at that time, remember, his human side was Rick Jones, That's which right. Rick Jones did not know. Uh, they go through several time periods of Marvel comic books to eventually learn that Immortus has spent years manipulating human development to keep humanity confined to planet Earth because he thinks that if that happens, the timekeepers won't destroy it. And the only way to ensure that was to kill Rick Jones. Uh, Immortus then captures the Avengers and sends them to trial where the timekeepers, his bosses, decide that humanity is a menace and that they should just dis- and that humanity, excuse me, destroys almost every timeline they touch. Mm. Um, so the timekeepers are like, we're going to kill humanity and reinforced by Kang, Rick and the Avengers. Um, they follow the timekeepers to the end of time where they finally destroy the timekeepers. Now, I didn't come even close to revealing all the Kang variants in this lesson. So we're going to touch on, I have a full list of them. We're mm-hmm. going to talk through them. Uh, and plus, you want to stick around for a special discussion with DJ Woolridge of the Only Stupid pa- Answers Pod. Uh, and you want to get this right after this. We'll be right back with DJ. And we're back for more Kang Talk. Talking Kang, or some people might call it... What if I just play that for the rest of the, the podcast? Thank you. Great job as always. We'd probably get pinged <laughs> for copyright infringement. Okay. So there are a bunch of Kangs. So many Kangs. Too, too many, many Kangs. Too, too many Kangs. Many yep. Kangs. So here's a little bit of what Kang's been up to recently and several his variants. So he recently had a solo miniseries, Kang the Conqueror, where he goes on wacky adventures to rewrite history and manipulate former versions of himself. Um, we touched on a few identities. We didn't cover all of them. Here's a recap on all of his identities, mm-hmm. not the multiversal ones. He was Rama Tut, the Pharaoh from ancient Egypt. He was the Scarlet Centurion who molded himself after Dr. Doom. He's Kang the Conqueror. Of course, he is Immortus, the old man, his final form. He is Iron Lad, his younger version who joins the young Avengers. He is Victor Timely, a divergent that establishes himself in the 20th century and starts a technology manufacturing company called Timely Industries. They're responsible, actually, for a lot of Marvel Universe technological advancements, like the original Human Torch's android body, the cybernetic arm of Misty Knight, and the design for Roxxon Oil's Deathlock. Now, Jason, really quick, why is his last name Timely? Uh, because uh, Marvel Comics was really called Timely Comics. Thank yep. you. He was also Chronomon- Chronomonitor 616, who is another diversion of Kang that works for the Time Variance Authority mm. or the TVA. He becomes a renegade for abusing the time stream for his own personal gain and punished by being stuck 
in a time loop. Loki season two, anyone? Yep. He was also Mr. Giffon, another version of Kang who is stuck in the 21st century and begins to build his own dynasty by becoming a CEO. And, <laughs> you know, let's again, I think it's time to get into some Kang and Marvel MCU talk. Uh, at the time of this recording, We've not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantumania, so if you're listening to this episode later in the week, you guys will all know that we're off. But with the debut of Kang, I want to go into some speculation with DJ Woolridge, the co-host of the Only Stupid Answers pod, and he's also the writer of the Hellbent comic book, which is currently on Kickstarter. Let's get some talking with DJ. Welcome back to Geek History Lesson, DJ. That's me. Hello. Yes, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for having me. I feel like we just discovered you from the quantum realm. I feel like, that's, yes, like is that yes. where you've been? Is that what you you've just, been? Go- is you that just what you teleported me in from the quantum world. Yep. It's been, I've been exploring the quantum realm, which <laughs> has buildings in it. So <laughs> tiny. We all know DJ is famously quite tall. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> tiny. And Bill Murray's there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray's there. There's a whole civilization. Is the TVA there? Good question. We don't know. Oh, there we go. And that's the perfect reason why we brought DJ in here to talk about this podcast because, you know, Kang the Conqueror, we've been talking about the comic books and we've been telling all the stories that we think uh, that the MCU might pour into. And there are some very clear candidates, especially if you've seen Loki season one. But we wanted to talk to DJ, not specifically about Ant Man 3, because mm-hmm. everybody's going to, at the time of this recording, we haven't seen Ant-Man 3. There will yeah. be no spoilers. We said that millions of times. But I think by the time most people listen to this podcast, they probably will have seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So we're, we're not going to be talking about specifically about that movie and yeah. what could happen in that movie. But we want to talk about we know Kang is the new Thanos. He is yeah. the new big phase. Well, we're in phase, we're in phase five now, right? Yeah, we're yeah. technically in phase five. Yeah. He's the new big baddie, right? So yeah. we want to talk about your MCU expert, DJ. Put that oh, in your resume, you. please. Yeah, we will do. <laughs> it's going to lead to a lot of jobs, I think. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, <laughs> and we wanted to ask your opinion on this. So, so DJ, you know, you haven't seen Kang's big appearance, but yeah. we have seen a Kang variant mm-hmm. in Loki season one because he was he, the, who remains. Is that what we call who, that one? Yes, which is also a a, a name that like. Kang used in the comic books at a very, gotcha. very brief period. So we want to talk about, do you think Kang based on what you know of him and based on what like other film channels and fans have talked about, do you think he is a good choice for the new big bad for the entirety of the MCU? Um, sure. I'm going to say sure. Um, he's better than like everyone, you know, every few years, you all have to see this too. People will float like Galactus is going to be the next big bad. And it's like, well, do you wait, wait, DJ? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Are you saying he's not going to be? Uh, I'm, I'm saying, I don't know that, that that's not Galactus's deal. Like he's not, I wouldn't even clarify. <laughs> I wouldn't even categorize Galactus as a villain. Um, uh, I think if Galactus is great for a story to introduce silver surfer. Um, uh, but, uh, I think King, it can be, I think he could be, I do think they're learning some lessons in that. Like if you go back to the previous phases, like I think in hindsight, it's safe to say that, you know, maybe they should have introduced Ultron. And like Ant-Man before he showed up in Age of Ultron, you know, maybe that Mm -hmm. would have helped some of the uh, heavy lifting. Um, I do wonder if we're going a bit too all in on Kang to the point where it's like we're getting King Dynasty, obviously. But now there's rumors that the Beyonder will be a Kang variant. And it's like, well, me, I'm fine with. 
I, yeah, sure. I just, I just wonder like, is it too much? Is it too much? Well, Kang? it is, it is interesting because we know because they announced their slate and they didn't announce their entire slate, but because mm-hmm. I bet you there are some movies in between here and there, some TV shows, but we do know. Also, it's not like uh, the MCU's ever changed their slates and completely it, deleted movies off they, of it before. They've changed. Yeah. Yeah. Still, still waiting on that Inhumans movie. Yes. Um, Keep waiting. And and, and, <laughs> and Captain America, the Serpent Society. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Even though mm-hmm. that was a, a, a change for Civil War. But they've already named that the next Avengers movie is called the Kang Dynasty. Yeah. And as any comic book fan knows, that's, that's the storyline where Kang takes over the Earth. So, yeah. you know. And the, Spoilers. I mean, we we already talked about it. Earlier, so, <laughs> so they, they're, they're, if, you, if you're a listener, you already know we explained King Dynasty to you. But maybe yeah. there were spoilers for DJ. I'm not certain. Uh, That's fine. I'm good. I'm good. Um, so you know, <laughs> but there are lots of Kang variants mm-hmm. in the comic books, and we talked a lot about this. How there, anytime Kang is like killed, and suddenly he's brought back, they always just use the very easy out of like, oh no no no, he was from a different timeline. That wasn't actually me. Yeah. And it is interesting to me because I do think the ability to have Jonathan Majors play several different versions of the same villain and they could all show up and they could all be the villain is a very interesting way to make this different than Thanos. The idea of like, oh, we're going to see, we might see multiple Kangs and we're not going to know which ones can we trust. And which ones can we, you know, can we not trust? That's going to be very, it, I think, very. It's a, it's a very distinct way to make. Because you're right, Galactus could be exactly the same thing as Thanos. It would be, yeah. it would almost feel like the same beats. Yeah. So, so you're you're assuming that we might get a a good quote unquote good Kang, like a like a yes. yeah yes because uh, a very easy version. In the comic books, is Iron Lad? Yes, yeah. the best Kang, whoever Kang. He, and he's young Kang, and he's in the Young Avengers, and he's the yeah. one that decides to turn against Kang. I, I would be shocked if we don't see young Kang in some version of this, and he's our like good person. I especially, especially since I definitely think I, I have felt like for a while that we're going to be getting. Uh, they have to be treating King Dynasty and Secret Wars kind of the way I feel like uh, I think they so do too. Event, event comics, where there has to be some sort of TV. Secret Wars is such a bit, especially if they're going more with the Jonathan Hickman uh, Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's such a big idea that some of that there has to be tie-ins. There has to be like a Disney Plus show that's like, hey, here's some backstory stuff. And I feel like Young Avengers are going to factor into that. I feel like the they're laying, obviously they've been laying the groundwork for Young Avengers. I feel like they're going to crib from um, Children's Crusade and have mm-hmm. the Young Avengers be looking for Wanda because she is the only one to fight Kang or whatever. Whatever the excuse is, they're looking for Wanda in the multiverse. And that's a good opportunity to introduce an Iron Lad uh, I don't. My problem with that is because Iron Lad is supposed to be younger. I would like to see. I'm going to be candid with y'all. I think. I think the MCU is wasting Jonathan Majors on Kang. I don't know that that's a, in my opinion, a good fit of actor and character. Um, and do so, you, do you have a better place that you think he would fit better than I, than Kang? And this is I, interesting because you're saying this before. We've only seen him play this character or a version of this character once at this point. Uh, that that is, for a very yeah. a very short compressed yeah, yeah. yeah short uh, compressed period of time and just the trailers. And I just feel like I feel like Jonathan Majors should be one of our heroes. I think he should be. I think Jonathan Majors would make a great 
Clark Kent Superman or, or like a Superman type character. Mm. I just think like, I don't know that. See, I'm that, the opposite on that for you. I see. I'm, well, Marvel does their villains very dirty. Too. Well, I'm going to say that I think the reason Jonathan Majors was picked for this part. One, he's an outstanding actor. Mm-hmm. Very talented. And, and um, you know, he's 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 he is literally a a, a god walking amongst mm-hmm. us. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you've yeah. seen any of the Craig three, the Creed three trailers, you're just like, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Um, that's why I keep saying that I think he's gonna step on Ant Man's neck and break it. <laughs> 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 like I'm, I look at Kang. I feel like more threatened by Kang than I ever did by Thanos, and maybe because it's a real person versus a CGI yes. character. But I look at like Jonathan Majors, like all ripped out, and I'm like, this guy's gonna beat the living hell out of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. You know? But um, I think he's a good choice because he is quite different in almost every role i've seen him and that is what leads me to my prediction of that we are definitely going to see a bunch of kang variants because i think that's the reason they chose him for this role is because they were like you are going to play five to ten different versions of this same character yeah and that's and instead of infinity stones over the next phase it's going to be oh we're going to meet another kang yeah. And but Jonathan do, Majors is like signed, I hope, for like nine movies. Do do you think that'll get old? It will if Well, because the yes, it will, because of the MCU yeah. and they're gonna run it into the ground. It like, will. let's be very frank. Well, about the it. Infinity Stones did too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And, and there was a little bit of bending over backwards to, you know, to be like, oh yes, the ether was the ether was Stone. always oh. an infinity stone. Oh, and and, uh, and uh, the one that still irks me, it's like, oh, the eye of Agamotto is the time so no, yes. it's not. <laughs> no, I agree. And it basically like, you take the Aga Agamotto, like Doctor Strange's most important weapon off of his hands in the first movie. Um mm-hmm. no, but I, I I think if they make it distinct, I think it will be Im- it'll like really you know like really work out um and i think it will be interesting but yes i think that i think we are now on the hunt for kangs and i think i my prediction would be that somehow all of these kangs are going to end up on our earth and then that's so my big prediction about this whole phase and i love is that i think we're going to do exactly like what we did with the infinity saga with thanos i think via civil war some event in this new phase we are basically going to take all of our avengers off the table mm-hmm. so that when all the kangs show up in kang dynasty and i think it will be multiple kangs and they're all going to fight over our earth and there's also a thing in the comic books that when different versions of kang meet each other they mm-hmm. basically rip a hole in space time cool um and i think that that is going to lead to an incursion or secret wars or wherever we're going to um, but I think I think when all the Kings are on our Earth during King Dynasty, I think that's what's going to lead to that's where we're going to see the Young Avengers. That's where we're going to see the Thunderbolts. And both of these teams are going to be like have their butts handed to them very easily yeah. because there's multiple Kings. And then that will lead to whatever we do next with. You know, there's all these rumors that every single person that's ever been a Marvel character might come back. That, that's where we're going to get our big um, in-game moment of on your left portals and they all fight Kang. Yeah. And, and, and that and in a lot of ways, that's a trickier hurdle to jump over than what do we do different than Thanos? Like, how do we do how do we be portal get again? Yeah. But with it, because you can't just do that again but now toby mcguire spider-man is there and iron man's back like that and here's would hugh work. jackman's wolverine exactly that would that would listen we wouldn't hate it but uh we wouldn't hate it but it, but you know you have to kind of find a different way that's what i'm saying just secret wars and part of me secretly hopes uh or quietly hopes that it is like the 1984 like good guy team versus bad guy team because for one thing 
Marvel's not done that yet. Uh, I, and- I, you know, DJ, I agree with you because I like they've, they've already introduced incursions into this world. Yeah. And that, that is such a heady concept. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the best multiversal movie is still every everywhere, everything all at once. Mm-hmm. Michelle Yao's multiverse adventure. M- Michelle Yao's multiverse adventure mm-hmm. is the best multiverse movie ever made. And I don't know if they can top that. And then also, um, you're, you're exactly right. How do you top portals? I want to ask both of you. I'd love to hear this. Uh, actually, I would love to hear your answer with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So because there's two Avengers movies back to back, I guarantee you there's going to be some sort of cliffhanger. And there's probably going to be some sort of cliffhanger where Kang wins, right? Because yeah. it's like it's like the snap mm-hmm. or the yeah. blip. So Ashley, not even seeing Ant Man three or knowing anything, what do you have any ideas? Like, what is Kang's quote unquote blip going to be? Like, what is his snap going to be? Like, what is going to be the thing that could be the cliffhanger of oh, Kang? Dynasty? You you have so you have both so clearly already laid out what mm-hmm. it's going to be in the mm-hmm. discussion that you've had. It's going to be. Um, it's going to be a, a million Kangs. The multiverse blows yeah, apart. It's going to be like, yeah. you know, a million Duncan Idaho's. It's going to be like a million Kangs mm-hmm. all together. Something's going to happen. Some uh, energy beam is going to go up to the sky. Mm-hmm. Cut. The Avengers will return? Question mark in a Kang's family adventure or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Actually, you know yeah. what would be like what, what would be like an astounding. I'm going to throw this out there to all the yeah. MCU fans because this I just came up with this right at the top of my dome. If yeah, a million Kangs meet. Mm-hmm. And kind of like the end of Lost season five, we fade to white and we're kind of like, oh, what happened here? And then we fade in, right? Yeah. And we just see like a normal sort of battle torn world and we see Avengers Tower. And yeah, maybe we see like Scott Lang or somebody or, oh, or maybe we see Chris Evans and it's like, oh, hey, Chris Evans came back. And then suddenly he's standing next to Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man and Hugh Jackman Wolverine. And they're like, yeah. we're the Avengers. And like our fans are like, our heads explode and then we have to wait six months for the next movie. Yeah, I think it'll be something I, I think in some ways, I think it'll be a reverse of Infinity War where Infinity War ended with Thanos winning. Um, I think King's Dy- King Dynasty will end with Kang losing in such a spectacular fashion that he breaks the multiverse. And oh, like, li- like ooh, literally dude, like I pieces like of the planet are floating. And then you see, and then the cliffhanger is like Hugh Jackman, Wolverine and Tommy McGuire, Spider-Man make out. And you're like, Oh my God. And then, uh, <laughs> and then it's like, we have for secret wars because I, th- here's the other thing we talking a lot about. I, King is, uh, obviously, like we were just talking about the villain of phase five and six or whatever, the, the Thanos of this, except for the actually, foreseeable future. Yeah, except I actually think he's not. I think for what? anybody that's read a Secret Wars, what? I think, which I know you think it's Doctor in this room, it's Doctor Doom. It's Dr. Like Doom. the villain of Secret Dr. Wars Doom. is going to be Doctor Doom. Like that's the and um, and and I wouldn't be surprised going off what you were mentioning earlier, Jason, if Kang has to like team up with the Avengers, whatever Avengers they are, DJ to. DJ. Face down Dr. Doom. You just made Jason DJ, so happy. You don't yeah. know how happy you made me because the end of our Kang lesson was talking about my favorite Kang storyline, Avengers Forever, which is about Kang fighting his future version, Amortis. And to beat Amortis, he gathers a team of Avengers from across the time spectrum. So we get the Captain America from the 70s and we get Yellow Jacket and we get modern day and then we get one of the Thunderbolts who everybody thinks is a villain, but is a good guy. Mm-hmm. I like that, DJ, because bouncing off of what you just said, I love if they do that reversal and I love if the idea is that like the ending of Kang dynasty is that, Oh no, the way that they should have won is they should have let Kang win because he would beat Dr. Doom. 
That's and a because, I, yeah. And because Uh-oh, they, I think we be, cracked it. And because, <laughs> and because, and when they take Kang down, he's like, "You idiots! I was fighting this dude that's way worse than you." And then Doom does the thing and breaks the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I do think that's the other. That's the other tricky thing is I actually thought the way they handled uh, overall Infinity War and Endgame was really elegant. Where it's like, okay, literally uh, every character is running around in infinity and in infinity war and for the bulk of end game because of the snap you pare it down to essentially your core avengers team plus uh a nebula and a rocket but it's basically the core team because we're wrapping stuff up i don't know that the inverse would work where it's we have a core avengers team now everything's blow up and now everybody's running around i think that might be chaotic so i kind of like the idea of kang having uh, especially if he's a quote unquote like Beyonder Kang, his core multiverse team of mm-hmm. uh, it's not literally every character, but yeah, like okay, Chris Evans, Cap, Captain America's back, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man's back, Tobey Maguire's Spider Man, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Um, uh, although I Nick Cage Ghost Rider, Nick Cage Ghost Rider. Ooh, oh Wesley Snipes Blade. Oh my God. Um, yeah. uh, but I do. I think I've, I feel like I've mentioned this on on the show before. We've talked about it before. I think what Kevin Feige thinks is I want to see, I want to see like Chris Evans Cap hang out with Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. I actually don't care about that. I want, I want the MCU's Wolverine. I want to, I want mm. the full. If you, it, it, I feel like Secret Wars is our last hurrah for RDJ Iron Man and Chris Evans. Like they've got just enough fuel in the tank. I. To, to get them you, back for that one movie. And it's like, yeah, I want to see this universe's X-Men hang out with the Avengers. <laughs> I think I'll, I will say this. And then I, I have a great question for both of you um, to finish us off. I think I think we will see MCU Wolverine. I think Hugh Jackman's Wolverine is going to be old man Logan. Mm-hmm. I think I think he and there's again, there's no nothing confirmed out there. But I've seen a couple things where people have said that the Logan that he's playing is like right before the Logan of that movie because yeah. Hugh Jackman was very much like, I don't want to ruin that death. Yeah. So the idea I have heard is that this is like somehow Wolverine gets scooped out of that universe and he gets pulled by Deadpool into the MCU and they have like an adventure, but he goes back like yeah. so that that so that 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 death and that ending happens no matter what. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think I think he's old man Logan. I think that would be cool because there's been people like, oh, he could wear the costume. It's like, no, don't. That's actually a really lovely gift for whoever's Mm -hmm. the next Wolverine. You get to be the one in the costume. You get to be the one that fights the Hulk. You get to be a great way to. That's a great way to because and his his never wore the the, the costumes. That's a great. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. It's a great way to endear audiences to whoever the new guy is. The new one who is going to have a high enough hurdle as it is. Okay, so I have a bunch of the movies um, that they've announced so far. They have announced everything of phase six and phase five. And I want to ask your opinion. Both of you can sound off at any point. I want to I just basically want to ask you, will we see a version of Kang mm-hmm. in these projects? Gotcha. OK, Kang, we Kang know, watch. We, we're going to do a Kang <laughs> watch. So, so I, I want I want to hear Kang. Yes. Or Kang. No. Okay. OK. OK. So Quantum Mania, we know, is a Kang. Yes. 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 OK. Secret Invasion, the TV show. We'll Kang possibly. Kang. Yeah. Kang, Kang possibly. Kang, Kang probably. <laughs> probably. I it's like the, the brother of Kim possible. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the, Kim possible uh, has a brother. The yeah, bigger, it's Kang. 
Okay, uh, the the bigger the bigger question for me is: Will we see Quake and Secret Invasion like all the fans want? Absolutely not. I'm calling calling that right. I now. don't think so. Okay, I don't right, think so. Right, right, that, right. Is a, that is a there is no Marvel's very specific about what they reference and what they pull, and I don't. You don't think, think Quake's so. Quake's moving that needle? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Oh, we'll get a post credit scene. Kang. Kang for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I echo is I'm going to say is a Kang no, so I'm going to skip past it. Yeah. Loki season two. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yes. I think we'll see a different Kang. Yeah. Yeah. 100 uh, percent. The Marvels. Kang, yes. Kang, yeah. Because I all see. of their powers are rooted like they completely rebooted Kamala Khan to make the bracelets, which are the same as the quantum bands, which Man. are the same bands that Quasar uses. And be, considering William Jackson Harper's playing a character named Quaz, he's probably playing Quasar. So, yes, for sure. I wish. Oh, man, I wish they just stuck with the bands. I didn't like. OK, we're going to we're going to. It's been half the show talking about these bands, but also you're mute. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to knock the rest of this TV one, the TV and series off. So the rest of the other TV series are um, Ironheart, which I'm going to say is probably a king. Probably no. king. No. Daredevil is a king. No. Ooh, but, I listen. There's like, what, 26? It's like 18 episodes that season. There might be a king in there. We could have a king. I mean, you know, I'd be, I'd be fine for the episode, the one off episode where Matt Murdock has to defend the uh, the completely human Kang version that just lives in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> I, honestly, I, truthfully, truthfully, I do hope with 18 episodes, I do hope there's some episode. I hope they switch it up. I hope there's some episodes that are very much like the Netflix show. And then there's some stuff that's closer to like heightened. Sure. Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here are the last television series is Agatha Coven of Chaos. I think King is 100 percent in that mm-hmm. show. I, agree. Um, I also think because there have been some wild rumors going around, which I would not be opposed to that. A version of Kang is the person that wrote the Darkhold. Oh, that's interesting. So that came um, from him, which yeah, I maybe like. I, I, yeah, that could work if they're going to introduce a Mephisto, which, of course, we always keep getting rumors about, you know, maybe listen, give Mephisto I'm his saying day. It right now. We will never see Mephisto in this universe. Ever. Uh, I don't know. It, they, they got me excited for that Sasha Baron Cohen tease that maybe he would do it. He'd be a good choice. He, he, I'm just going to look. I would love to be proved wrong and I probably will be proved wrong. But I'm just saying uh, Marvel and Disney love to sell their movies to China. And if mm-hmm. you put the devil in a movie, China will never show that movie. Yeah. 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 So that's why I'm saying we're never, we'll never, I don't think we'll ever do a Mephisto. Well, do you, okay. Oh, sorry, not to get sidetracked, but it, on that, on that line of thought, do you think we could get a Mephisto in one of it? Like he never makes it to the movies, but like Coven of Chaos, the rumors are he's going to be an Ironheart because of the hood, maybe a ghostwriter show, but never I mean, the movies. Here's the thing. I could see us doing a character called Mephisto. They're mm-hmm. never going to call him the devil. And they're, yeah. they're never going to make him look like he did in the comic books. Because the minute you do that, people will just go, oh, Satan. Yeah. 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 Um, so, That's yeah, fair. he could appear in both those shows. And I wouldn't, you know, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I think if they do it, they'll just be like, oh, it's Mephisto. And you'd be like, who's Mephisto? And they'll just say, he's, he's a demon. Uh, yeah. It'll, or it'll, it'll be like or Thor stuff where it's character. like, he's an alien, sort of. <laughs> yeah, he comes from this realm that's called like yep. da 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 da. Yeah, and yeah. he's like magical. That's as far as they'll take it. Um, yeah. uh, so Blade, I don't think he'll appear in Blade. Mm-mm. It'd be rad if he appeared in Blade. Mm-hmm. Um, then the other two, we have Captain America: New World Order. I don't think he'll appear in that. I don't think so. It's also a very stacked cast right now. And then yeah. Thunderbolts. I think he will definitely appear in Thunderbolts. It depends on <laughs> if your suggestion that like the th- how the Thunderbolts tie into. Yeah. Uh, King Dynasty. And then uh, the only ones we know about phase six are Fantastic Four. Um, uh, for definitely. Sure. 1000%. Yeah. Even if it's just uh, a post credit scene. 
Well, it's it's funny because we've been talking about like, you know, um, in the comic books, Kang is a Nathaniel Richards, but he's a Nathaniel Richards from the 30th century of an alternate Earth. He's not related to Reed Richards at all. He, it yeah. is a it is loosely thought that he is a descendant of either Reed Richards or Doom, but it's never been confirmed. But Dude, they should just cash. They should just catch cast um, uh, Jonathan Majors as Reed Richards. Well, I was going to say this. I, I said this earlier in this episode that, um, you know, I think they're going to simplify that. I think they will make Kang directly related to a Reed Richards or Dr. Doom. I yeah. was actually saying that I think the most interesting thing to do would be to make Kang like Reed Richards brother. Or even, I mean, like, again, going back, you could just say he is an, uh, Kang is a multiverse read. Most, in most multiverses, Reed Richards is Kang. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and then, of course, I do down. I mean, more Jonathan Majors yeah. is fine. And then we yeah. get Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, and Avengers Secret Wars. And I agree with you, DJ. I like your idea to make Secret Wars more like the 80s one, where it's just like, here's a stack of good guys, here's a stack of bad guys. Well, and here's the other thing if you do that, if you, it, it gives you an opportunity to not just bring back, as Ashley pointed out earlier, Marvel's kind of done a lot of its villains dirty. It's a good opportunity to bring back like Frank Grillo's Crossbones, who I thought mm-hmm. I thought was a good yep. casting choice. I thought he was good Killmonger. in the role, and he was he was in like two scenes. Killmonger, God, any excuse to bring. And that's another thing I'd kind of like to see that I think would be compelling is a team of characters that is good guys. And like, what if what if the, our heroes have to work with Killmonger and Thanos? That would be mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting, and I, I think it would be a very it, it would be a very simple way. To like do that storyline like i i think i would i agree like i i think it's much easier for an audience to understand and it's a much more compelling thing to see on screen than like yeah. the universe the the multiversal chaos that i just I, they're never gonna beat michelle yao's multiverse adventure they're just it, never gonna do but, it but even then like that that movie only had the uh, functionally focus on one person and her mm-hmm. daughter yes. um how do you fit the whole concept of battle world into a, a movie and the multiverse and you have to set up who all these other people from other movies could be yeah um yeah it's just I, it's just a lot yeah that's what i think i i would lean towards that avengers secret war is like it's a it's a new avengers team of like a rant like i said with avengers forever it's a mix of characters so like yeah we could get toby mcguire on there we could get hugh jackman maybe we get robert downey but on also there. if you do that you could have your young avengers lineup which would allow you to have your iron lad be part of it who i actually no. hope if they do iron lad i do hope they cast not jonathan majors to play mm-hmm. i keep saying um i think the actor's name is curtis the the young man from stranger things i think should play iron lad i yeah. would uh i actually think what well, you're probably right but i was gonna say like they We've seen a de-aged Robert Downey, so I could see them just de-aging Jonathan Majors. But anyways, mm. uh, you know, speaking of things that aren't about de-aging, but things mm-hmm. that are, uh, I think, a dynasty in its own, we should talk about uh, DJ's new book, Hellbent. Yeah. Well, it's not really new, but it's the conclusion, the series the finale. Just like we're concluding the, the dynasty of Kang. Or you're concluding a dynasty of Hellbent. Please tell there our listeners go. about it. There you go. Yeah, just like, um, you know, Super Best Friend is kind of reaching the conclusion, the long way to conclusion. So was Hellbent. Um, uh, for those that have not been tuning in, um, thankfully Jason and Ashley have had me here to promote every, uh, volume, um, but this is the story of Jesse, who's a rebellious antichrist on the run and, uh, her defender, Nick, who is an occult assassin with a flaming angel sword. And, uh, it is a coming of age journey. If you are a fan of the last of us and stories where a grizzled tough guy has to defend a young girl coming of age. Uh, this is right up your alley. Um, uh, this is also for mature audiences only. Uh, so also if you're fan, it, it's a supernatural th- thriller. So if you're fans of 
Sandman or something is killing the children or preacher kind of uh, some of those irreverent um, supernatural cosmic stories. You'll be a fan of Hellbent. And if you've never checked it out before, fortunately, we're doing reprints of volumes one and two. So you can get all three volumes. I think off the top of my head, that's 136 pages of um, story. I'm second guessing myself. I'm going to have to double check it right now. Um, uh, you can get the whole thing in one go. Uh, yeah, I did 136 pages. Um, <laughs> beginning middle and end and uh this this volume is we just we literally as of this recording just hit our first stretch goal so we we're able to add more pages to our finale because it was so big we needed extra page space um and this is the big final conflict where uh everybody's confronting our version of the devil trying to save uh reality as we know it so yeah i co-wrote it with my uh good friend jane in july we worked on all three volumes we've been friends for like over 20 years um, and this is, this is it. This is the big finale. How many more, um, around, uh, how many more days do you have currently at the time of this recording left Ooh, for people to pick up this book? Good question. I want to say 20 something. Hold on. Let me bring it up. So you have uh, everybody, you have at least 14 days, maybe less, maybe more. To go I'm going to say more. Book. I'm going to say, yeah, anywhere in between that we have 25 Somewhere days to go. Somewhere between 14 and 2,000 days left to pick uh, up this book. If uh, we have 25 days left, you can go to hellbentcomicbook.com uh, or you can go on Kickstarter look up Hellbent. Um, and again, if you're not, if, if this is brand new to you, uh, you can get all three volumes. If you've been following us the whole time, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. But uh, don't miss the finale. This is where all the good is no uh, all of it's been great but uh this one we also introduce uh the boogeyman nightclub which is like a supernatural pan-dimensional uh gay club with a uh that's overseen by a trans god goddess named delilah divine designed by cam white one of our amazing artists um a lot of cool i've always admired people like grant morrison who can fit because you know jason we have a limited and you too ashley with with uh, uh with aurora we have a very limited uh, we're not we're not like we're not pumping out 20 billion Batman books. We've got like a very limited <laughs> page space, page space to like introduce an idea. I don't I can't pull up Brian Michael Bendis and like uh, give me 12 years and I'll tell a complete story like we've got a limited amount of time. And so uh, I've always admired people like Grant Morrison who can cram a lot of ideas into a uh, small space. And so we're doing all of them. We're doing all of our, our big ideas. And I think it comes together in a pretty cool way. And if you want to find out for yourself, go to hellbentcomicbook.com. Yes, everybody. I am a backer of this book, so I believe in it. Uh, I've given it the Jason Inman seal of approval if there Thank is such you. a thing like that. So <laughs> go check that out. And um, as we say, you know, independent comic books that are not made by Marvel or DC are labors of love. They 100%. are, you know, nobody can, nobody gets rich making comic books. So nope. uh, there's a lot of passion in DJ's voice and his stories and his podcast. So go check them out. And also go check out his podcast, Only Stupid Answers, every single Monday you have an episode. Yes. Thank you. And uh, I have was on there recently. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a great if you want like a more. Here's the take on the pop culture of the day. Go check out Only Stupid Answers. And we're going to have more of a DJ talking about pop culture over at Patreon.com slash Jawin. That's J-A-W-I-I-N. Where we're going to be picking his brain because Ashley and I haven't had a lot of time to watch TV and movies lately. And I know DJ has. So we're mm -hmm. going to be picking his brain. So uh, DJ, thank you so much for joining us. Geekish lesson, man. Thank you as always for having me. I love it. That was a great discussion with DJ. It always is. And because of DJ, I'm sorry, he created a new variant. And that means... Gotta get back in time. 
I will get back, Huey. Thank you so much. That is uh, going to live rent free in my brain for a long time. <laughs> I'm showing Ashley the picture of Huey. That's Huey on the left right there. Uh, Look those at those sultry are, eyes. Those are us. some eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Some uh, early. <laughs> bold, bold brows there er, in the early, 80s. Early 80s bold eyebrows. Uh, that's the cover of Huey Lewis in the News. Go check it out. Thank you so much, DJ, for that amazing conversation. Go check out his Kickstarter. Uh, all right. Now we're going to get into the recommended reading. What's that, Ashley? The recommended reading is where if you go to geekhistorylesson.com slash recommended reading and you want to get more into Kang or any of his variants, Professor Jason is going to have some recommendations for you to follow up on. You can click on the little widgets, purchase them in your form of choice and get yourself some more knowledge. Uh, the first one is Kang the Conqueror, Only Myself Left to Conquer. This is the storyline that they just released recently where it's Kang bopping around. It's their, it's their attempt to try to give Kang a simple origin, I think, for a comic book that people can pick up at the time of the Ant-Man Quantumania movie. The second one is Avengers Forever. It's a storyline. I think it is the best Kang storyline. It's I think it's my favorite Avengers storyline. It's what they should have called Avengers Endgame. Um, note to self, it is very deep in Marvel Comics continuity. Mm -hmm. So, you might be consulting Wikipedia a lot. Yeah. But it's a great great storyline but some people have found it to be very heavy and I, I i fully admit that it's very fair it's a very fair um criticism criticism of that and the last one is kang the saga of the once and future conqueror this is a new trade that i noticed where they're kind of reprinting some of his original storylines as rama tut and Scarlet the, this is the best thing that marvel and dc does when a movie comes out is yep. putting collections so if you like want to go read the storyline where kang bangs on the door of the avengers and says one of you babies are gonna be my baby mama that's the trade to pick up yeah so there you go and now it's time for the honor roll what's that jason that is where if you go over to <laughs> apple podcast and you give us a five-star review we will read your review on the air as a thank you for giving us five stars on apple Podcasts. so who is joining the honor roll this week so we have two amazing people joining the honor roll this week first is Eric Murray, who says, DC rules. I love both of you. Three exclamation points. We love you too, Eric. The energy you have and the passion is amazing. You are by far my favorite podcast. I was listening. Oh, thank you. Or sorry, I was wondering, I can read, what your guys' favorite Justice League storyline is. Ooh, that's a big question. Um, also, I will admit I haven't listened to any Marvel topics. How dare you? Well, that's fine. I hope you, I hope hope you, you listen to this one. Yeah, you won't sorry, hear a review there, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'm only a fan of the movies. I can't get into the comics. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do a best Justice League story. I think that's something that's always been in our list. Um, but I want to say we've already done it. You know what? Who knows? First of all, Ashley doesn't. Thank you, Eric. Sorry, you'll never hear this. I hope you hear this, Eric. Uh, Rock of Ages is my favorite one. Uh, Rock of Ages is very, very good. Yep. Tower mm -hmm. of Babel, maybe. That's a good one. It's pretty good. But mine's Rock of Ages. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Kingdom Come. I'll say Kingdom Come. That's cool. Um, next, we are also joined by KMac198, who says, such an awesome podcast. I've, it's taken me far too long to leave a review, and I've been listening since Gem and the Holograms. Wow. That's an oldie. That's an oldie. Uh, that was a very fun episode. It was a fun episode. I absolutely love professors Ashley and Jason as they teach such wonderful Thank lessons. You. Thank you. We love you, too. Still waiting on a Kilowog or a Harry Dresden episode. Mm, a Kilowog is probably more likely. Anyway, if you want some good belly laughs while learning about comic book characters or other geeky stuff, then this podcast is for you. So I will say thank you, KMAC198, and thank you, Eric Murray. Welcome into the Teacher's Lounge. Professor Jason, what's going on there today? Well, it should be pretty obvious, okay? There are six gentlemen in suits 
with pretty extensive eyebrows. Mm -hmm. And they have just been making so much noise. The Mm -hmm. the classrooms are bothered. Mm -hmm. Like we can't teach in the other places because these guys won't stop singing. Oh yeah, those are the guys who teach us string theory, right? Get it? In more ways than one. Get it? (laughs) Hear that guitar music. I do want to say that um, if you don't follow us on our Instagram, we will be doing a giveaway that encourages you to uh, leave us more reviews. So if you're looking to incentivize, now is the time. Oh yeah, we're going to be giving out some free trades. So you definitely want to go check that out. Um, So thank you so much for those reviews. Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge. I hope uh, the music's not too loud, but I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you can find podcasts. Spotify, you can leave us reviews over Mm -hmm. at Spotify as well. Maybe we should start reading Spotify reviews. I don't know. Uh, But subscribe and download. Ashley, where should they follow us on social media? We are going to start giving away some trades doing some giveaways in there some really cool hardcover trades over there we have a couple where, hardcovers we have a couple where, where should they where should they check it out so first and foremost you should follow us of course you check out the website geekhistorylesson.com you can follow us at facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson on twitter at ghl podcast and on instagram at geekhistorylesson because for some reason twitter said geekhistorylesson is too many letters and it makes me very mad every single time but those are all the best places to follow us uh the best places to request things and the best places to participate in our giveaways and don't forget to come check us out over at patreon.com slash jawin that's j-a-w-i-i-n over there you can get ad-free versions of these episodes ghl extra which we do every week the discord which, which the discord is so cool the justice league podcast we review every episode of justice league uh dj wilbert is going to join us for ghl extra this week and we're gonna be talking about pop culture and all kinds of things it's gonna be really cool because dj keeps up with all that don't forget to follow ashley on instagram and tiktok at ashley V. Mm-hmm. Robinson, come follow me. Don't worry about following me. Come check out my comic book on Kickstarter, superbestfriendcomic.com. There's only 14 days left to get that exclusive comic book. And now it's time for Stick Around. Ashley, of the versions of Kang that you heard. Yes. Who's your favorite? You cannot say Ironland. We have already had yeah, that answer. Yeah. I mean, Ironland will, will be my forever fave. If he's your number one, um, then who's your number two? Probably Immortus, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Immortus was a, when you said the name, I was like, oh yeah, that's like one of those comic book villains he's, I've heard about he's for a long in, time. If you've ever read the Alex Ross storyline, he's in Earth X a lot. Oh, I did read Earth X. That's right. Because the idea is that, that that is in the future. Yes. So by that point, he's already turned into Immortus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I've not read a ton of Immortus stories, but he is a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. So how about you? I'm Immortus. Yeah. But I do think, the look of Kang is very, I like just normal, normal Kang, but he is like. It's a hella Kirby fourth world. It's a great look. Silly costume, but it is it's so really, cool. The it's purple, the colors. It's the colors. The purple and green, which again, if you look at a lot of Kirby designs, like the purple green combo is very popular through this era. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it looks really well good. It does. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. That has been it for Geek History Lesson. I am Jason back in time, Huey Lewis in the news, <laughs> Inman. I am Ashley Victoria Robinson and Professor Jason. Would you please dismiss the class? I can't dismiss the class because uh, Huey and the news mm. made a special request. Um, they have a special message for our audience okay. and mm-hmm. uh, they're going to dismiss the class. So thank you so much for listening. And Huey, take it away.